What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 28. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast. Blessing. Addy Oye. Yo, what's up, Greg? Not much. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm feeling like a ghost today. Oh, I see yeah. what you did there. I see because yeah. it goes to Tsushima. That's that's the topic. Tsushima, that's that game. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing we did, and we did the review for. First and foremost, I just and I know it's not new anymore, but it's new to this show. Your haircut's just so good. Thank you. I appreciate you know I mean? it. Of course, yeah. this is the the work of Youssef McGeed, the homie. Uh, I'm sorry, you're you know, talking about the face of Ubisoft. Youssef. The fa- yeah, the new face of Ubisoft, uh, Youssef sure, McGeed, sure, of course, sure. who who uh, co-hosted the the Ubisoft Forward stream on Sunday. Yeah, like ever since quarantine, I've been call, calling up my barber on the weekly, and he just doesn't <laughs> answer. And I've been sending him emails, been trying to hit him up, and trying to like you know organize some sort of some sort of thing he's yeah. just he's just falling off the place uh, the face of the earth i mean how well. can you be a barber in social distance it's impossible exactly it's impossible and so yeah. uh thankfully the homie you said mcgeed came through and he hooked me up so i, I, pre- appreciate, I appreciate the compliment that. anytime i mean i call it like i see it as you know blessed that's why if there's one thing greg miller is if i'm lying i'm dying you know what i mean if i see it i gotta say it can i say you kept your hair consistently looking great this whole quarantine yeah in a well, way I, where i have no idea how you do it it's Jen giving me the haircuts. But it's, the thing is, we've gotten to a point that she's no longer satisfied with it because she she trims the sides like we did in the Kind of Funny podcast, but then let the t- the top go long. But now the, the top's too long and she bought a haircutting kit for it, but we haven't done anything with it. But like, it can go, like it goes way down there now. Oh. Like, if I don't, if I don't put, like on the weekends when I wake up later, we go for a hike and come back and I take a midday shower. If I'm just chilling around, I'm not going to put product and all the stuff in my hair. But then I got to like, it's just in my face all the time. I got to keep pulling it back, pulling it back. Do you, and the other do you day have she said, you can almost man bun it. And I'm like, I will never man bun it. I'll shave it off before I man bun it. Do you have, I think you would look great with a man bun. But do you have no. the fear that like she might fuck it up? Because that's been my yeah. whole thing uh, with like my friends wanting to cut my hair. Because I had multiple friends like offering to help me out. Specifically sure. Belinda and Yusef. Yeah. And... I've been I've been having this back and forth with Belinda of you've not cut hair before, yeah. And then she's like very willing to do it because this is the thing that she's wanted to do. And I'm sure, like, you know Belinda as well as I do that what would happen is she would start cutting your hair and then she would start crying because this is such a special moment for her. You know, exactly. what I mean? like she's got her, got her, got her. Here's my exactly. here, here's my thing with uh, Courtney on the ones and twos from kindoffunny.com. How are you? Yeah, what's up? Uh, my my thing with letting people cut your hair. Uh, sure. It, it, when it's their first time, maybe not, because I will say Alyssa has been my hair cutter for several years. Sure. The first time I let her cut my hair was the first time she had really cut someone else's hair. And oh. she had accidentally shaved off a part. And I was like, all right, well, this is going to look stupid to shave my entire oh. head. Um, oh. And so but then from there, she started learning more and more. And she's uh, uh, now a pro at cutting my hair. So uh, blessing it. If the stakes are high and you need someone to cut your hair, you got to make sure. That they know how to fucking cut it first. And that's my thing is like I, I don't want to ruin me and Belinda's friendship because yeah. I feel like if she fucked up my hair, that's the point where it's like okay, we can't be friends anymore. But if if it does get to the point where she nails it and you know she knows what she's doing, she then becomes my permanent barber in a way mm-hmm. where it's like, do I want to weigh weigh the consequences of that? Youssef it, has experience, like he's lined up his beard, he knows what he's doing. Sure. So like See, that's my, why I'll my, be able my to process on it was simple when we when we started into quarantine. I was like, let's do it as a fun lark or whatever on the podcast. And Jen did it live. And I was like, if you screw it up, whatever, it'll grow out. And then when we go back to the studio, we're clearly never going anywhere again. So like, who cares what my hair looks like? You know what I mean? It looks great, but I'm always wearing headphones. I'm like, I'm lucky it looks great. Jen does a great job with it. But I say get all the swings in she needs. And yeah, you think I'm ever paying for a haircut again? That's silly talk now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry that I, this is, would be akin to if I really liked corn. 
And then during this pandemic, I couldn't get corn, but I learned how to grow corn in my bathtub. And now I have an unlimited supply of corn in the bathtub. Yeah. Why would I ever buy street corn again if I have bathtub corn? No, oh, for sure. Why like, is it corn? Why is it corn forever? Why is it street corn? I need to know this. Because I'm getting it off the street, Barrett. I'm buying it from one yeah. on the street. Where are you buying your corn? I'd rather not give out my corn distribution networks. All right. Like where I get it is where I get it. That's my business. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is PSI Love You XOXO. We are your weekly PlayStation podcast. We get in here each and every week, talk about the nerdy things that make PlayStation PlayStation. You enjoy it, and everybody has a good time. If you enjoy the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can be part of the show by giving us your questions, your comments, your concerns, and, of course, your PSN name so we can look into your trophies on psnprofiles.com. Of course, you can also get the show ad-free on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can watch it live on patreon.com slash kind of funny games like so many of you are right now and i forgot to open up the youtube thing so i can see the chat every so often call it who's watching it uh you can watch it uh with the post show we do exclusively each and every week and of course you can just have a good old time uh blessing you just put up another episode right of uh bless up that's over there the exclusive uh, patreon.com slash kind of funny game show yes i guess yeah. you technically I mean, you probably I, did yours like 14 days ago right i was gonna say by just put it up yeah like two weeks ago yeah i, I did greg miller just put up his on con- patreon.com slash kind of funny because he's been running <laughs> it's been a busy june that bled into july but i got there and i'll have another one up eventually uh of course if you have no bucks to toss our way though it's no big deal youtube.com slash kind of funny games each and every tuesday usually this is a very special episode about ghost of tsushima reviews so we wanted to let the reviews get up so you could have questions about it uh but we'll be back on tuesday next week uh, of course you get a youtube.com slash kind of funny uh games podcast services around the globe roostreet.com you know the drill uh housekeeping for you right now for this episode uh, as i said uh, again this episode of psl of xoxo is your ghost of tsushima questions answered of course we're, re- we're recording this on the day the review embargo lifted so if you haven't seen it yet youtube.com slash kind of funny games there is the kind of funny games cast up with us reviewing ghost of tsushima it's myself it's blessing it's imran it is big dog kevin coelho out there talking all things ghost in a spoiler-free discussion. This one will be spoiler-free as well, of course. We're not going to ruin any story beats for you. And there's some certain things we're not supposed to talk about, of course, as embargoes work. Uh, worth pointing out while I'm thinking of it, too, then. Well, of course, we're talking about Ghost of Tsushima. That game was provided by PlayStation for us for review, FTC. So don't come after us, Federal Trade Commission. Uh, PlayStation sent that for review. Um, I will Also, this is a, I have my housekeeping notes. A simple thank you here. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know. My name's Greg Miller. You probably knew that. Uh, if you didn't know, also, I've been doing podcasts a long, long time now. 13 years of doing stuff professionally as my only job of just hanging out, talking about games, reviewing games, doing all that stuff. I, and I don't use this lightly, and this isn't to blow smoke in anybody's ass. I have never had a more responsive audience than the, uh, the PSI Love You XOXO audience. Like, I, I thought for sure, like, man, that's going to be tough. Turning a, it, The reviews pop at 7 a.m. and we're recording this at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Going to be tough to get quality questions in here, insightful questions. No, there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. This has been the way, the entire way, PSI Love You XOXO Volume 2 has gone. You guys have been uh, crazy about getting in with your good questions, having actual insightful things to say, questions I wouldn't have thought to answer. Yeah, thank you so much for being on top of it that way. Thank you. That's awesome. Now, this is going to sound like I was planning to, I'm trying to get in your pocket. I swear I wasn't. Uh, Speaking of responsiveness, Gregway, next week's PS I Love You is going to be one you don't want to miss. And it's going to be, if you're dedicated, one you don't want to miss live. Uh, we don't, you know, make a big deal about it. If you're a silver member on patreon.com slash games, you can watch us record the show live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Next week, we're going to do something that I have a feeling is going to be very long and might get into two episodes, but we'll see. <laughs> Blessing, I pitched you this idea that 
Now that Ghost is out, and I'm using that in quotes, we've played it uh, by, you know, Tuesday, you'll have started it, hopefully, uh, PSL of you audience. It's time to decide what is the greatest PlayStation 4 exclusive. Oh, man. And the way we're going to decide it, Blessing, is a March Madness-style bracket tournament. Oh, man. So we're going to get all the games together, we're going to seed them into brackets, and then we are going to go in and actually have this discussion between you and I where we pick it. Because it's our show, right? We're going back and forth picking what it's going to be. Console exclusive. Don't give me the shit Death Stranding's on PC now, Horizon's on PC. No, no, no. You know what I mean. You don't understand what we're talking about here. Where does, where does Nier Automata fall? Because that was that was PS4 exclusive, but then yeah. came to Xbox later. I think that's done then. That's done. You've, out the window. All right. Fair. Smoke. Fair. You know what I mean? It's smoke. We're going to come in and do that. But the thing is, like, since there's two of us, I'm sure we are going to be deadlocked on things. When that yes. happens, I'm going to turn to straw polls in the YouTube chat. So if you want to go Smart. to patreon.com slash games, we will need you watching live next week. Uh, again, silver tier members are the ones who get to watch the show live as we record it. Again, no pressure if you don't want it. I'm not trying to upsell you here. If you're one of the dedicated people like uh, Mike L, my dog Nick96, uh, Demetrius Newell, of course, you're going to be here anyway. But we usually don't do much with the live stuff. But for this one, it was something different. I thought it'd be cool to get everybody in there and have a chance to do it. So we'll see what's a up. Live, uh, a live March Madness bracket where the chat tar- uh, participates? Huh. Sounds Cameron familiar. Kennedy says, yeah, Barrett Courtney style bracket tournament. Huh. huh. Never. Did, Courtney. Uh, oh, man. You do Barrett that? Courtney invented. Bra- he invented brackets. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't invent the idea that? of brackets, but uh, having chat partici- uh, having chat participate in a live uh, video game style March Madness bracket. Huh. Sounds sounds familiar. Uh, I'm, weird, I mean, you, I'm, I'm i look at most kind of funny content i haven't seen it up there oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah. probably on like an independent yeah. uh channel uh where you know it's like way more uh, fun I feel you're, so, more you're so dedicated you're yeah. so dedicated our company you wouldn't go make content somewhere else yeah, give know. a third channel <laughs> <laughs> youtube.com slash kind of barrett <laughs> no of course i mean barrett does uh, a bunch of bracketed stuff twitch.tv slash sad boy barrett go support him uh but yeah, it's funny when I came up when I thought of the idea, I, I was I thought I was just ripping off a million other things, not Barrett. But I guess it is very similar. But again, we're only going to the chat for straw polls. When we're we're really cool. I, I have the question for you: How you guys see it when you guys figure out the games that are going to be on this? How are you seeding it all? My thought was this, and I, this is a good discussion. I'm glad you asked it, yeah. Barrett. This is why you get to work it kind of funny. Is that we need to do it ahead of time, otherwise we at it forever and i would think what we need to do is see how many exclusives we can come up with here get it all together and then i was thinking metacritic could rate them we could mm, use that interesting oh, that could actually okay. give you your seedings there and give us some interesting like that. exclusive really rate because uh, it's it's already picking them is already going to be based you know opinion based already right and i'm sure we're gonna piss a lot of people off with some of the choices we make so with that in mind i feel like there's got to be some other way to get them in there to actually figure out who's a number one seed who's number 16 seed to go at so that was my idea smart cool uh, so there you go. Next week, that's happening. Um, this is one of those weird ones because, of course, uh, we're recording this live in front of you on uh, uh, patreon.com slash games right now. So I'll just say this. Uh, when this posts, yeah, well, not even when it's posted, I guess. But look at kind of funny social feeds on Wednesday. Just go look, go look oh, at yeah. twitter.com slash vids. And see exactly. what time it is. I think maybe like more like 9 o'clock. Be looking around for stuff. Or just catch games daily on Wednesday. Something's happening. Yeah. Um, 
you could also be like our Patreon producers. Uh, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Delaney Twinning, uh, Jeffrey P. Long, Jesus Barrio, a.k.a. Bentfork PR, uh, Skin Tight Salmon, Game Jumper X, and of course, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo, all went to patreon.com slash games and supported us at the Patreon producer level. That means they, of course, get their names right on the show. They don't have to worry about ads. Speaking of ads, our sponsor is youtube.com slash games, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin this week's X's and O's. Now, bless, here's where I'd usually toss it to you and you'd tell me some mm-hmm. news and we would go through and explain it. But again, special episode. Ghost of Tsushima review embargo is up. We can finally talk about this game. Of course, the full review, youtube.com slash games uh, right now. You can go check it out. But in a nutshell, blessing, before we wade into these questions and get into a whole bunch of particulars, what do you think of Ghost of Tsushima? I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. It is, uh, I think the word I'd use to kind of encompass my whole experience is it's so uh, meditative, which I think is a word you've used before to describe yeah. games. But yeah. I think for me, it very much applies to the experience I had with Ghost, where for me, the whole time through, well, as I was playing, like it was very relaxing and very laid back and very chill in a way that I really kind of needed right now. Um, but even with that, like the way in which it's open world feels. Um, friendly to the player like the, sure. the ways in which it feels accessible the way in which you're not really struggling against the open world like it, it isn't like horizon where uh you have robots kind of stopping you wherever you go and you have to like, get into fights <laughs> all the time no like you this op- this open world experience very much feels like it is working for me at my own leisure and i am essentially like going through it at my own pace and it encourages that yeah. that mixed with you know the combat that's fun the story that's that that's enjoyable um the style of it that i think is really like its crown achievement like the way in which the world looks and the way in which the the, the game looks overall stylistically i think nails it overall like, like it's just a it's just a fantastic experience yeah uh, of course, you know, I, I agree. Like I said in the review, uh, the way I describe it is intoxicating. Uh, the more I played, the more I wanted to play till it was like all-encompassing. I just wanted to be in that world running around, using photo ma- mode, uh, using the different costumes, using the different stances, fighting the different enemies, unlocking new skills, uh, and, you know, plowing through to platinum it. Uh, I, for the record, I've already platinum it. I did, in the review, it was, I was like trying to get it done for the review, and I could not get it done. That Iron Man VR, those three or four days of Iron Man VR really threw me off my track there. How long did it take me to platinum? Yeah. After, I mean, after, after the review, I only... It, it was one more session of sitting there playing and it wasn't even ridiculous oh, man. overall. So you, were, like, you were really like clearing it out as you were going then. Oh yeah. Like, like, so, you know, as we've described before, of course, ghost of Tsushima and, you know, a new open world adventure game or RPG, whatever you want to call it from uh, mm-hmm. sucker punch. Uh, you are on the Island of Tsushima uh, off the coast of Japan um, and is broken up into three parts and three acts. And so, yeah, for act one, I was very much like, I have two and a half weeks to play this game. I am going to clear everything before I ever move on. And so I did some of the story stuff and started unlocking abilities because they're special mystic abilities and like, you know, some they'll teach you the tutorial stuff. And then, yeah, when I had a good pace at that, I stopped and went through and did everything on Act 1 at Island and had it completely clear. And then I was like, let's go to Act 2. Went to Act 2 and that's when I was like, I think I either just finished Iron Man or we're just getting started on Iron Man. And so when, whenever I was done with Iron Man and looked back at it, I was like, all right, now I have a week. Now I have a week until review, and I have two acts to go, and there's no telling how long they are. So I mainlined Act 2 pretty much uh, really quickly, and then when I opened up Act 3, that's when I was like, all right, back to casual pace. And I, I paced it out where when I had like 
four days left. I was like, all right, let's advance the story. Trophies were pretty easy to see. Like, all right, looks like I have two left in the story thing. So I'll stop here, fuck around some more and then go back. And then once I beat it, like I was originally going to try to beat it on Saturday and then come into the review. We were recording on Sunday, but Friday, I just couldn't resist. And I went through and beat the actual story. And then Saturday was just running around trying to get to a place where I could plot it. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if I want to platinum it or not. Now that I finished the game and now that pretty, pretty much all I'm doing is clearing out the areas. The way I played it was different from the way uh, you and even Kevin played it, where you guys yeah. went through and, and actually like took in all the different side quests and all the different uh, side objectives and all the different activities and actually cleared through the, the maps as you're going through the story. Yeah. At a certain point, once I got partway through the, the first part of the map, I realized that I was not making good pace. Or I didn't think I was making good pace. I think I was making fine pace, but... You know, I, I, I was kind of scared that I wouldn't beat the game at the pace sure. I was going. That's always uh, the nightmare, right? Yeah, yeah, the nightmare yeah. scenario of what you're doing. And, and that is, again, like, it's interesting, I think. Um, when you look at some of the reviews right now, uh, as of uh, <laughs> July 14th, 3.21 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, or maybe Daylight Time, I'm not sure. Uh, it's 84 on Metacritic right now. And so it's been interesting, the scattershot of, uh, of scores out here and the people who love everything about it, didn't like this, they love stealth, they hate stealth, they like the combat, they don't like the combat, there's too many side quests, they're not interesting enough, something to that effect. And it wasn't for me personally, I'm going to bring in your first question here, it's from Katie G, who of course wrote in to patreon.com slash games, just like you can, and says, I'd like to ask some nerdy trophy questions about Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> if you can answer them. Since we're already there, I think that was obviously one of my big things about it, of knowing I love Sucker Punch games, knowing I love open world games, knowing that, you know, this looked dope like you know I, we're going to talk about it in many of your questions but you know the, the state of play left us looking at like oh it looks like an assassin's creed and i'm all about that so i i was hopeful that the trophy list would be good on this one and so yeah plowing through it it, it, it i my hope would have been if i was playing on my own no review embargo i would have saved those final story missions for the end end and i would have wanted that to be the definitive now i'm done because yeah. i always feel like you don't do a game a disservice but like clearly that final battle unless there's an epilogue or something like that is meant to be the end of the game right like that's meant to be the crescendo and the credits roll and we all leave the theater kind of thing and so i don't hate it but i don't love doing it and then having another 10 to whatever 20 hours i don't yeah. know I, it's so hard with ghost of tsushima because i played it so vigorously <laughs> so i played so much ghost to actually give you a, a actual accurate time but i beat it on a friday and played all day saturday figure and then still knocked out stuff on what monday for the the platinum so you're looking probably at another seven to ten hours probably and that, after that's, I, that's, I did it. that's kind of where i'm at right now where so into like the second part of the game that's where i was like okay i'm gonna start mainlining because i don't know how long this, the rest of this game is gonna take me I ended up beating it halfway through last week and so like yeah. well before the actual review we recorded yeah um and i since then i've just been slowly going back and trying to clear all the side stuff and i probably still have like 10 to 15 hours ahead of me <laughs> before i i actually like clear through and maybe hit the platinum yeah. and i kind of I, I kind of want to because i do enjoy this game and i sure. do think that's going to be an enjoyable experience but it is it is it is enough to where i'm like all right well i kind of i kind of had my experience and i kind of finished it already and now that yeah. i'm going through and now that I'm playing it in this way where I'm just kind of checking things off the checklist, yep. now it's it's starting to weigh on me of, of like, okay, yeah, this is me doing a lot of the same things. This is me going back and, and discovering a lot of this, the fox dens, which yep. are essentially like where you find foxes and you follow the foxes and they'll lead you to uh, like a shrine or something. And so like yeah, that, you get a charm, and, yeah. 
you'll get a charm and that ends up being very samey and like i feel like yeah. that kind of translates for a lot of the activities in the game but still like it's still so enjoyable even in the post game and that was the thing about it where if i wouldn't have played it the way i played it to platinum it and i could have just taken my time and spaced out those story missions and left them a bit i think I mean, I love Ghost of Tsushima. I think it's Sucker Punch's best game, for the record, if you haven't watched the review. like Same. I can't say enough nice things about it. I think a lot of the criticisms are I totally get. And I think that I, it's been interesting to see which way the coin goes for people. Of you know, we've both, I think we both talked about it. And for sure on the review, there was a conversation of starting this game, you know, being the next big game that we all played after The Last of Us. It is so night and day, not The Last of Us, where Last of Us wants you to forget, I think, at every turn that it's a video game. It's more than that. It wants to be in your bones and it doesn't want you to be those characters and debate these things. And and like Ghost of Tsushima is like, we are a fucking video game. <laughs> look at all this shit you can unlock. Look at all these skill points you can go with. Where do you want your character to be? Make them look goofy. Put them in whatever costume. And that was such a radical shift, but after I was into it and, as I said, drunk on it and kept playing it, it was that thing of like, fuck yes, of course, like, Sucker Punch can do this and should do this. This is the game they wanted to make. And so, yeah, there's a bunch of game-ified things layered on top of it. And that works and is great. And I think I enjoyed the combat so much and the traversal so much and everything about upgrading so much that it didn't bother me that I'm clearly in a video game doing a bunch of stuff as a samurai. And I know that yeah. might sound weird, but I think you follow me on what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, a, a question that I'm going to ask you, and I don't, I haven't read any of the questions, and so maybe somebody sure. asked, asked sure, this. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but a question I want to throw at you in this conversation is, what is your biggest critique of Ghost of Tsushima? Because I think for me, mm-hmm. as I've been playing through it, probably the biggest compliment I can give to it is probably almost my biggest critique, which is Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima is probably the game that I've played since Breath of the Wild, that feels like it emulates the most from Zelda Breath of the Wild, which for me, it was such an amazing open world game, which for me sure. is now one of my favorite games ever. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima in so many ways while playing it reminded me of Breath of the Wild and how, how much it immerses you in its open world and, and in how much it wants you to uh, really like really feel like you're a part of the world, right? Like with, with, with whether it's the, the wind mechanic where the wind will point you to whatever your waypoint so cool. is or whether it's yeah. the fox stuff or whether it's you following birds and that'll then guide you to an interesting point on the map. Like all that stuff feels like it is contributing to this this wholesome experience of experiencing this open world and feel like feeling like it is this explorative thing, you know, as yeah. opposed to just like a, a checklist kind of thing. That sure. is probably my biggest compliment to the game, but while also being the biggest detriment to it because as i'm playing it i w- i really want to explore this world and i really want it to f- want it to feel like an explorative experience but at a certain point i hit that wall of being like okay no yeah this is a video game like this is yeah. like th- it is it does boil down to checklists it does boil down to the different camps and clearing that stuff out and it does boil down to basically basically knocking out all your different activities which on one hand is fun but on the other hand kind of left me wanting so much more and that's where I was driving, right? Is like, I'm right there with you. And I think, I think it was you, right? In the review, you were talking about exactly that. Of like, mm-hmm. it's great and it's fun and it's explored. But at some point, that starts to wear off when it is the 41st Fox Den or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Like, that, I, I feel in my, my criticism, I would have given them if I was playtesting or working on the game or just, you know, driving behind shouting. Uh would have been, yeah, either add in a few more activities to take away a few of the activities that you're doing over and over and over again, or 
just cut them in general. And I, because it is that question, and there's a question in here from the kind of funny audience about uh, our reviewers over open world games and bloat and all this different stuff. Actually, I guess I should just bring it in here. This is all one giant conversation. You know what I mean? I love it. I guess I can finish off my thing about trophies here and then move on to it. Yeah, go for it. My thing was that the way I would have wanted to have played it, again, this is a woe is me first world reviewer problem, is that I would have wanted to save it and have the credits be the end of it. And since I had to get through it for review, as most people will, and then have all that stuff later, then it became the thing of like, all right, cool, let's platinum it. And when it was platinuming it, it was suddenly like, all right, there's another, how many more Fox Dens? Oh, geez, all right, cool, five more Fox Dens. And, you know, bopping around, doing them all. And it, you lose the magic that the story version had of, cool, I'm going across the map where I can't fast... Eventually, you can just fast travel and it makes collecting and knocking all this stuff super simple and, you Very know... Easy. Yeah, exactly. And the load times are insanely fast, which is incredible for Sucker yeah. Punch. But, like, in the beginning of the game, it is, okay, cool, I have to go talk to Lady Moscow and she's across the map and you ride that way and the fog of war goes away and you see a question mark or you get into a battle and you, you know, you beat the Mongols and the, the hostage they have tells you about a secret that'll make it easier. And you're doing that thing where it's, oh, this is so organic and I'm moving around, blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. Beating the game and then coming back and having, you know, everything uh, fast travelable or, you know, to your p- previous locations and shit like that. Then it just, it, it, exactly what you're talking about, where it, now it is a video game. Now, like, the the spark and creativity and, you know, luster of the world, right, is, like, worn off a bit. Because Now, granted, I'm talking about a game I've played probably 50 hours of. I'm, you know, I'm past that point of it where I'm like, all right, cool, and now I'm just like, get me through the thing. But it was taking side missions and then fully looking at my phone and not listening to the dialogue. And again, though, this is me because I want to, I, I want to slash, I think need to, for the job, be done with it, right? Like the review is done, which means now I need to move on to the next thing I need to talk about on whatever show or the next review we need to worry about. So it isn't that I can't, I don't, and I want the platinum too. So I could have easily been, you know what? I'm going to just sit here and do a few things every night, knock it out. But instead I binged it, which I think worked really well when there was the story and the three act structure and I was going through it and I didn't know what was going to happen. But then binging at the end, like when you're doing any cleanup on a trophy game, I feel it gets to be like, all right, cool. Like, all right, cool. Now that said, I'm talking about literally, oh fuck, it's another one of these shrines I got to figure out how to get up to. And this is a little bit longer than I want to. Jen wants to go to the grocery store, but hold on, I'll figure it out and do it. Every time I got into combat, that was still a blast. But even combat, like uh, another question people had in here about like skill points, you become the ghost of Tsushima, which is the final like level you can achieve, and like how they give you names as you level up. Mm-hmm. You get that, and then have so many more times you would have leveled up. So you have all your all your skills, all your your points. You have everything spent. So you're like this god tier dude, which is fun to go around and fuck people up. But it's the normal thing of when you get to the end of a video game and you're the god of the video game. It's like all right, cool. This is still fun, and I love the cinematography of it, and whatever. But I'm not being challenged in the same way. Like, I was being challenged, yeah. but I also knew all the tricks of the world to get through and do it. That's, we're going to get into all this, so don't worry. But for KDG, how's the trophy list? Trophy list, great. It's, uh, your, her next question, are any of the trophies linked to difficulty? They are not. Are there any missable story trophies? There are not. Like, this is a game yeah. that you play through, and it rewards you for playing, and it rewards you for doing everything, which, again, is the way I think you should play this game. Uh, maybe pace it out more than I, I did in this whole run-up to it. But, no, I think the trophy list is great. I think it's a... It's it's not an easy platinum because it's going to take you 50 hours or whatever, but it's not hard in the way there's like some trophy that's completely, oh my God, yeah. how am I going to do this? I have to do this over and over again. That's not what this game's about. Yeah, I think it's, it's, an, it's a good open world platinum where it is about completion more so than like, you know, beating yourself over the head, you know, with like some kind of big challenge. 
So now I want to go to Cameron O'Neill, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, who wrote and said, are reviewers done with open world games? In reading over the reviews for Ghost, it seemed the most common critique is that it is a large open world game with side quests. Do you think this open world fatigue is due to reviewers playing more games than the average gamer, and does it reflect the majority or just the vocal minority that play every single game? Thanks for all the hard work. With love from Seattle, Cameron O'Neill. Blessing you. You were you were living in Seattle before this. I was living in Seattle before this. In fact, yeah, I think yeah. I know Cameron O'Neill. I'm pretty sure I've gotten a drink with Cameron O'Neill. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't think reviewers are over open world games. I think it's. I think it is the fact that. I think the the best open world games set such a high bar because mm-hmm. for me when I when I think of the best of the best of this last generation I think of The Witcher three and uh, Red Dead Redemption two which I know like overall kind of had mixed like reception but I think everybody would kind of agree that there are things that open world did that were sure. dynamic and cool and uh, pushed the boundaries in so many ways uh, and I also think of uh, Breath of the Wild like though like I we look at those games and those are games that reviewed incredibly incredibly well those are games that i think for so many people were landmark uh games of this generation i think the thing is you look at those games and then you you pan over to ghost of tsushima and i think amron was when i actually said this that ghost of tsushima feels like a combination of all those games like ghost of tsushima feels like this you know cool combination of the witcher 3 and uh i think he also said breath of the wild and like horizon but it's not necessarily as good as any of those um, except for maybe Horizon, like I'll say that for me. That's a question ghost, coming up in a second. Don't don't spoil it. Uh, I'm not, not going to spoil that one. But like, <laughs> yeah, I I I I think it is the fact that this open world, although it's doing a lot of cool things, just doesn't live up to the best of the best. And I mean, I think that warrants the Metacritic it has, right? Like, 84 is yeah. a really really great place to be on Metacritic. That totally. is an excellent score to have on Metacritic. But it is it it does come back to the things that we're talking about. Like you mentioned, how like yeah, you'll you'll happen across a settlement and then you'll talk to somebody in the village and go to Shima and you'll and you'll uh they'll then give give you the location of a thing and that feels cool and that feels um uh like it's happening in the moment you know and, and I remember the first few times that happened for me as I was playing that was such a cool thing. Yeah. But by like the fifteenth time that happened, you know, it lost its magic. And I feel like that's not even just a reviewer thing. I think that translates to however you play this game. Because me yeah. and you played it in different ways, right? Like you 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 systematically actually played it um, as you're going through the story and like cleared the open world and stuff. Whereas me, I just went through straight through the story and I'm coming back to it. And I think for both of our playstyles, there like we're still experiencing some of that same stuff. This morning, you know, I woke up and I, went, and I opened it up because this is one of those fun occasions, right? Where we did our review Sunday. We obviously talked to each other. I've talked to, you know, Lucy from GameSpot of her playing in her personal opinion, but I didn't know where other sites were going to come down. And so when I opened it up and I looked at the Metacritic, I was like, 84, wow. I was like, I, that's what I, I would have, I think I did predict that actually at the state of play that I was going to be, I'm like mid 80s is where I think it will shake out. But then after having played it, I was like, holy, in the way we loved it, I was like, I can see this being higher. So to see it there, I was like, that's interesting. And then to go through and I'm like, all right, I can give it a nine. What's going on? And then see GameSpot gave it a seven. And it was Edmund Tran over there who you pulled this for the review roundup on Games Daily. Mm-hmm. The game hits a lot of fi- the game hits a lot of fantastic cinematic highs. And those ultimately lifted up above the trappings of its familiar open world quest design and all the innate weaknesses that come with it. But those imperfections and dull edges are st- are definitely still there. Uh, once I got set up this morning and was starting to get into work. First thing I did was go to GameSpot and play the video review while I worked and listen to Edmund. And it, this is 
what I know developers probably hate, but what I love about a game like this where there is this spectrum, right? And I don't think people are wrong on whatever end they're in or where they are. And as I watched slash listened to Edmund talk about it, I was like, oh, I get that. I get that, right? And it is the, you know, he brings up the, uh, side quest stuff versus a more main quest thing, right? Because in the game, of course, there are the main story missions that are like, all right, cool. Like, this is what's furthering the plot of uh, Jin, his uncle, the Mongols invading all this jazz. And then you meet key characters in the game. Uh, like I was talking about uh, Lady Masako, um, Yuna, who's the thief who saves yeah, yeah. you in the beginning, Kenji, all these different people, right? And then they have their own quest lines that are like usually like nine parts, a few, or like Yuna's like four or whatever. But mm-hmm. those are shot and framed, and clearly there's more TLC put into them in terms of presentation and making that look like you're playing a AAA game. Whereas the, you know, the tales of Tsushima, the ones you're doing that are the random settlements, the random whatever, you know, Imran and I fell into the same thing, I think, of the way they shoot that and the way they bookend them with the title card of what you're about to do, it is it is like a little episode of TV. And I, I dug that. But even in the beginning, I was very much like, oof, this doesn't look great. Like, the characters look kind of awkward in these cutscenes. And, like, their faces aren't, like, dynamite and yada, yada, yada. And it wasn't until you're, like, way later in the game that it's like, oh, okay, like, the Tales of Sashim looks like this or whatever. The hero quests you're on for your characters that are more, like, main storyline look better and have this, you know, more cinematic punched in camera or whatever they, whereas this is, and I don't want to say schlock, but like, it is just like, here's another quest, here's another quest, here's another quest. And for me, somebody who loves the open world game period, somebody who loves the combat and goes to Shishima, somebody who loves exploring that, like in my main playthrough of doing that and running around and finding a random ass side quest, I was totally down for that and great. And I do it. I get though, anybody else playing that and not even saying that, uh, uh, what was it? Um, I clicked off. Ed, Edmund doesn't love yeah. Psychos. I don't know anything about that. But it was that thing of like, I totally get that. This it, and he does a great job, I think, of explaining like this is copy and paste. Like it is like you get to the village, the person tells you went wrong, you run off to kill somebody. But usually there's another, there's a MacGuffin that you have to then run off and do this, and then you do this, and then you come back and it's over, and you get whatever you're going to get. And it's like, yeah, that is that is how it is. I guess you know what I mean. It is yeah. to an extent rinse and repeat. Again, for me personally, I you know I, I as with everything. That since this review, it always goes back to Days Gone, where like you know Days Gone. I remember another long game, another a game. No, I shouldn't say another a game that I was like, oh my god, is this is gonna fucking end. Like, and I didn't. Enjoy, and I'm like, whenever I get to these kind of open world games, and I'm like, Days Gone. Like, right? Like, I've re-downloaded it since we started PS. I love you. I think twice. Where I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna finish this platinum. I'm gonna see how the updates ran, and everything else. And I'll start it up and just be like, ah, like. I'm just not in this. Like, I just don't like Deacon. I don't like the world. I don't like the combat. Like, there's all these different parts to it. Mm-hmm. And so I understand the trade-off when you're talking to somebody or when someone like Edmund is over there being like, this is just rinse and repeat. It's the same fucking thing. But for me, even at the end, when you are super powered, I was talking about like, all right, cool. Like, let's, it's, you're, I'm going, going, going. Combat's always fun. It's always fun to walk in. And, and for me, the combat shifted away from shit. All right, there's five different guys how am I going to switch my stances, fight them the right way? I only have this much resolve, which are the little yellow uh, balls that you can chime in for special moves or heals or whatever. To uh, Then it became, what's the fastest way I can kill all these guys? Like what is, And I don't mean it and I want to get out of this. It was like, I'm the fucking ghost of Tsushima. I can fucking clown yeah. these people out. How am I going to do that? And there's that weird thing of just, I guess, how much you love the world and how much you love the combat and how much you love that. That for me, outweighed quest design. Where I, don't get me wrong, like, 
you know, we did the uh, Ubisoft Forward uh, this past weekend on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can see me and Barrett talk about uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and the way they're doing side quests, which I saw GameSpot say there are no side quests. I'm like, mm. the way they're doing side quests are, is more mysterious where you show up and you don't know what you're going to get. And I referenced, you know, granted, it's my first hour with that game maybe and by the time i'm 50 hours into valhalla like i know what this is going to be but i walked in started talking to a character and she was a nun and we're talking and then she's like wait a second fuck you and she pulled out two knives and we were fighting and i was like this is fucking rad right like ghost doesn't have that moment it has moments where like the side quest narrative suddenly takes a turn right bless where it's like okay well no i wasn't you're the bad guy i was the bad guy you're like oh fuck okay that's interesting but it is i think once you get going you know what you're getting into yeah, and I think that's the big thing, and I think you said it well that these things are going to weigh differently for different people. Because I read, I read so much of the the critique and so much of the stuff that people had to say about Ghost of Tsushima and why it might not have lived up to their expectation. And like reading all of it, I'm like, yeah, no, I see that. Like, yeah, yeah. no, like I I agree. Like for me, I I think back to my experience playing, and I immediately did not like the combat. And coming out of it, I do now really like the combat, but. I do still think combat can be so much better if they just added a lock-on button. You like want that, that lock-on so bad. I want the lock-on so bad, I don't understand why it's not there. Um, but, like, you know, that being one thing, and to the other thing that like you are kind of just saying, right, like, the, the a lot of the structure of it is formulaic. Like, a lot of it is, a lot of it does boil down to, all right, cool, talk to these people. All right, cool, now go over there and kill some people. Yeah. All right, done. Like, that's kind of what a, so many of the missions boil down to, right? It's that while also, like, maybe following tracks or maybe following yep. uh, somebody going else. To a, to, like, going to a hilltop and hitting R2 to examine and just moving around. Yes. And it's like, I like, get it what is, you're doing here. And I, I get that it's supposed to be strategic, but I I don't, I don't, it, okay, whatever. I mean, it's, like, very, it's very much like a, hey, what is a mechanic we can put here that'll keep people interested enough or that'll, like, mix things up just enough so we can get away with the copy and paste of it and i think i like i definitely understand that as a thing for people to to see and go okay well that's kind of disappointing because i think in 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 so many cases like that is disappointing but i think for me the way the way it kind of weighs down is the game is still really fun like despite that stuff for me the game was still very fun to play and i very much enjoyed riding through that world and getting into fights with mongols and doing all these different things like the game at its core for me is still very fun that i was able to forgive so much of totally. uh the structure stuff and that's and i think that's like again one of the most ringing endorsements i can give it is that yeah towards the end of this platinum again i just you know i'm down to trying to find the final fox dens or trying to find fucking statues to bow at and like all right cool like it's just like eh, whatever but like i want them to announce dlc I want them to announce that, hey, like hey, we're yeah. going to give you a new game plus and it's going to have a new trophy list. I want there to be, we're giving you stories in Tsushima that are, hey, you know, more like the hero missions that I was talking about, right? Where we have a main character and a quest line to run through. Like, I want to do more in that world. I was even, I won't because we're just so busy, but I was like, man, like, I guess I am on, at streaming embargo. I could just start a new playthrough and fuck around. But it's like, ah, no, no, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, I, but I do want that i do want more in that world i hope they give us more and they do some updates for it or i guess don't and just leave us wanting more for the sequel if you assume there will be one which we can talk about did somebody write in a question asking oh, that, or well, I just so ask that many right people wrote in uh let's oh, go to pretty man. smooth let, pretty smooth flying fox <laughs> who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hey blessing greg without spoilers do you think ghost of tsushima should have a sequel and should that sequel follow Jin?" 
Historically, the Mongols invaded Japan twice, once in 1274 and a second time in 1281. Uh, so they could keep with history if they made a second title. Uh, I'd also like to point out that Sony seems to be in a great position for sequels. God of War, Days Gone, Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, and potentially add Ghost to that list. Each one has figured out their core mechanics and could knock it out of the park with next-gen sequels. And all this without mentioning Gran Turismo, Ratchet & Clank, or the heavy hitter that is Naughty Dog. What a bright future. Blessing, without spoilers, mm. do you think Ghost of Tsushima should have a sequel? Yeah, without without like giving any context to where Jin's fate is... Uh, or or where Jin, where Jin's fate ends up, huh? I think one hundred percent this game should get a sequel, and I I am very excited for what the sequel uh, uh, can be, and I think it, I think it will get a sequel. I do too. Um, yeah, I mean, and I don't think there's any risk of spoiling stuff like that or whatever. But like, yeah, I well, I know, like but I, everybody's different about spoilers, right? So I understand, sure. like, yeah, whatever. But like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. But uh, like, yes, I think Ghost of Tsushima definitely deserves a sequel. I think it will get a sequel. I think that, like, you know, I think, you know, I'm sure Sucker Punch wants something more than an 84 for Metacritic. But again, the excitement around this game has been palpable. Uh, and that's that's not unheard of, obviously, but it is awesome for a new IP. It is awesome for a weird genre piece that, you know, like, like here's this samurai game from Sony first party that is like this, that, you know, and I, I'm not even trying to be SJW Greg Miller, even though I am very much SJW Greg Miller, but like, it's, you know, an entirely Asian cast. Like we're not like, you know, bringing in, we're not trying to fit in big name voice actor, white guy to make, we're not yeah. pulling a last samurai like on cruise. Yeah, exactly. We're not trying to pigeonhole something in here to put a, a, a more affable face on the box or whatever, or something you, you know, you recognize more, connect more like, yeah. This is a swing for Sony, and it is. I think it is a home run for them. And I know that, like, I'm sure Sucker Punch would, you know, love tens across the board, of course, and yeah, da, 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 but there's something here, and this is a great game, and it, I think it's a great world. And I think, yeah, uh, to think about the fact that this is their first shot at it, you know what I mean? Like, this is them coming off of Infamous and, and before that Sly to come in here. I definitely want them to refine all the ideas we're talking about and give it more variety for the collectibles you're running around and doing. and see what that becomes and so i definitely think you will and i, I you know should it follow Jin like we talked about in the in the in the um review right is that for me like this is Jin becoming batman and i know one of the things i've seen in the uh reviews from people are the i didn't you know i didn't connect with Jin. i didn't like Jin. i think that actually you might have said that too in our review that yeah, he just never struck me. a chord for you like for me he did like i connected with his struggle even though it's not like driven home but it's one of those games i think that you read into it as much as you want to you put yourself in those shoes whatever i, mean, I put batman a, a batman mask on it kind of thing you know what i mean but like mm-hmm. this game it's hard to do without spoiling i guess but like as i've talked about before in the thing like when Jin he wrestles with being a samurai and then having to go this assassin route become the ghost of tsushima the fucking title of the game right which means that you know as we talked about in the review but if you didn't know like samurai are all about honor and like we're gonna fight you this way and we're gonna present the we're gonna start the fight this way there's like a uh it's like a dance right there there are pre there's predestined moves here to get us to where we need to be whereas the mongols don't fight that way so Jin needs to yeah. kind of take on these less savior save yeah it is, less it is, very, batman. It, it yeah. is very batman and that that is like the thing that i liked about the the character is that yeah. like you know they they played with the idea of how far are you willing to go 
you know, to yeah. protect your people. And I think the way they grapple with that is really cool. And there's that conversation, like, you know, obviously Jin kills uh, all manner of motherfucker in this game, but there is a similar conversation to the Batman conversation of like, what's the line kind of thing? Like, what what is victory without morals? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what what do we do? This we're at, we're doing this at any cost? Are we any better than them? Like, that's a theme that some of that isn't exactly spoken, but is wrestled with and resonated with me as a fan of superheroes. Cause like, that's the other thing too. Like this is a motherfucking superhero game, even though it is not Cole out there yeah. with lightning bolts shot shooting out of his hand. Like, and I love that. And it, I mean like, and I'm sure this is, it's interesting. Cause I think they, the people behind this at Sucker Punch clearly have such a love for samurai films and fiction and comic books and manga and all that stuff. And like, I've never had a taste for that. And now on the other side of it, I want so much of it. Like I want to go watch the movies that inspired this. I want to read the books that yeah. uh, inspired this. And that, and, and that's my thing, like talking about uh, <clears throat> like the story and how the themes resonate and stuff. Like I really, really liked the story. Like even d- despite how I feel about Jin, like I think Jin's fine. I don't think he's bad by any means, but for me, he was just uh, kind of uninteresting. That sure. said, the story I think is really good. And I think for me, the 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 thing that I kind of wrestle with that I think is is less so like a me coming into a thing and more so of a how does it stand against other samurai fiction things I know I know I know they have those struggles in samurai fiction I know this is the thing that comes up in terms of honor in terms of how yeah. like how will you protect your people in terms of fighting and in, in, in all this different stuff and so it's hard for me to really judge uh, like okay how does this actually actually stand up but I know for me as somebody who is fresh to samurai fiction this felt really cool. Yeah, no, totally. And that's the thing. I, I I didn't know any of that coming in. Like, I totally was just like, oh, okay, cool, Samurai. And it was like, to connect on that, oh, that was what I was driving at in terms of Jin and the story. And I've mentioned it before, but like, there comes a moment where Jin is like, all right, like, I have, you know, I have to do this kind of thing. And when he did that narratively, it changed the way I played the game, where I had been, I had been, I thought it was a very interesting struggle early on, and I was trying to be more samurai about all the situations. And there isn't, I remember we got confused about this coming out of state of play, and it was something yeah. the industry in general kind of got confused about. Like, there isn't the light and dark like infamous. It isn't like you're either samurai or you're a ghost. Like, there's no meter, there's nothing like that. It's not, it's not, you know, wagging its finger at you for doing anything. But I played it in the beginning like there was. And so when Jin was like, this is how it's got to be. I was like, yeah, all right. This is how it's got to be. And I became the ghost of Tsushima. And like, that's a rarity I feel in a video game where the beat they did narratively then affected my gameplay. Not because the game said, hey, this it, it's actually, you know, very much um, the opposite of Infamous. Where like, in the, I've always talked about Infamous. I'm like, what the front? Why don't I just say I want to be good or I want to be bad? Like, why am I doing these choices? Because, you know, five hours in, am I really going to suddenly pivot to the other character? No, like I'm doing it this way. And so yeah. to have this one not have any leash on me, but make me go, oh, okay, cool. And now the gloves are off and I can do it this way worked for me. And I like well, that about it. As I was playing, it kind of fooled me because I want to say when I was approaching like act two of the game, yeah. that's where I had the question of like, all right, is there a meter? Like, are they secretly, <laughs> like, are they secretly measuring how I'm playing? Because I did notice yeah. that the more and more that I kind of gave into all right, fuck the same rice shit. I'm going hard. Like that's the more the more and more in the story that kind of reflected. And I had, mm-hmm. actually ended up having to ask, like I asked somebody else who was playing the game. Uh, I was like, hey, like, are you noticing? Does the game keep track? Because I noticed that like in this scene, this person mentioned this other person that like you know the things I'm doing. I'm like, and and they're like, no, I don't think it does. And I was like, yeah, I don't think it does either. And so like, you know, it's it's really cool to see how they they kind of ping pong it as you go like that yeah. progression of Jin as a character and how you play uh as a player in a way that 
works. I don't know if it's going to work for for everybody that plays. I imagine it's going to work like that for most people. But yeah, the more and more I played, the more and more I felt compelled by the narrative to play a certain way um, because of what was going on in the story, which is like a really cool thing. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I think that's something special that they did there. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't want it to be overlooked in, in, in that way. Yeah, like I, I want to toss another question here because well, this is I, an intro. Oh, sorry. But well, I want to actually circle back to that original question of the the sequel thing one more time because I do want to add because I I started off in the Gamescast review saying that like I think Ghost of Tsushima is, the, is a great first game in a franchise and uh-huh. throwing story stuff aside I think in terms of world design and in terms of mechanics and systems I think I'm really excited for what, for what Ghost of Tsushima can become because oh, yeah. I, I think they have such a solid foundation here. And the idea that they're going to build off of this or that they can build off of this and maybe add in more variation and add in more interesting uh, combat mechanics and like really, really, uh, really polish and further what they have. I think I, I think Ghost of Tsushima 2 is going to knock things out of the park if they get it right. Yeah. Now, in the same vein, uh, Kendrick Luckenbach wrote in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Hey, Greg and Bless, do you guys think that Jin Sakai will be the next PlayStation All-Star protagonist? Will he join the side of Aloy, Deacon St. John, and Abby as PS4's heavy hitters primed for future appearances in sequels or as Easter eggs in other games? My hope is that Jin gets a whole trilogy to see himself grow. As somebody who didn't love Jin the way I did, do you see him having... Do you think it's going to be towards me or towards you in terms of the resonance of him? And do you think people will find it and attach to it? I mean, if we're Deacon St. John is the dude from Days Gone, right? Correct. Yeah. If we're, if we're including Deacon St. John, I think Jin is going to make a fine addition to, <laughs> to the PlayStation. You're telling me you think of the wall of uh, PlayStation icons, Deacon St. John doesn't immediately jump to it. I'm going to kill Not these really. fuckers after what they do. I'm going to fucking fuck them up. I'm gonna fuck them up. I think, I mean, I, I, I feel like most people aren't going to be blown away by Jin's character, but I do think Jin will still stand alongside all like all these other characters, right? Like if we're talking about the character themselves, I think Aloy is more interesting than Jin. I think Nathan Drake is more interesting than Jin. I think like there's so many there's so many other PlayStation characters like Miles Morales or Peter Parker. Like I think all these people are, are oh, sure, yeah. more interesting than Jin. But again, like I don't think that then discludes him from being an like, iconic playstation I, character i mean I he's going be to be one by any means but i think yeah as you go forward and you talk about uh playstation studios and christmas cards and t-shirts and whatnot like that i think yeah Jin's clearly going to be that it's either that or like yeah. the logo of sucker or um, the logo of the ghost of tsushima which is those two triangles in the circle like i think i think Jin has earned that place and i think people are going to find things to love in him like i did and I, I, it's very interesting because we're also, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing a spoiler cast here in a little bit. Uh, not today, but like this week, we're going to do the spoiler cast with uh, Nate Fox from Sucker Punch. And so we're going to be on there. And there's so many things that I think define him and choices that define him that I don't want to talk about here, obviously, that I want Blessing's thing. I want to know what he did in certain parts of the game. Like, I want to shake all that out to see yeah, how it fits. But I think people are going to find stuff in him. And I think just the fact that even if we're going to say he, he didn't connect with you as a character, you think he's milk toast, you think he's tofu, you don't have any real opinion on him. I think how fucking cool he looks and how cool you feel playing that game and the ownership you have over what he wears and w- what colors it is. And I, I think that will make people remember him fondly. You know what I mean? Like today, 
the reviews and popped and then a Funko Pop put up like, here's the exclusive fucking Funko Pop of gin from game. And he's got the blood. And I'm like, click by. <laughs> I was like, I guess I want a gin thing on my fucking uh, other Funko Pop stage or whatever. Because like he I have such fond memories of him and doing all that stuff as him. Yeah, I can see that. And like, I, I think with the customization aspect of it, too, where you can equip different gear and all that stuff like. Jin, as a character, visually looks cool, or at least at the very least has, has the capacity to look really cool in your in the game. Um, and I think with that too, like there's there 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 are ways that they can make that character even outshine some of the others in terms of placing him in a in a trailer alongside all of them or making him a fungal pop or whatever. I'm looking around here. People wrote in with questions about dressing Jin up, but I'm not. Oh, here we go. Here it is. Uh, Alex, a.k.a. Gamer Teacher, wrote into Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games and says, Loved the impressions so far. Kind of funny. Can't wait to get my hands on the game. You mentioned about how you change your gear throughout the game for different situations. In terms of how your armor and gear looks, did you find that you could easily match items together or do you end up with a really good helmet that doesn't really match your really good armor, etc., etc.? Ooh, interesting question. I think... So they have armor sets that is like, all right, I have a specific armor that goes with a specific headpiece. Mm. Um, and like, you can kind of mix and match that stuff. Greg, as far as I understand, the, the helmets don't really do anything, right? It's mainly just the body. No, so the way you do it, yeah, if, is that basically you have different outfits. And when I say outfits, I mean from neck down. Uh, and that's like you have the traveler outfit that uh, is a lighter material. It has this badass cape and you level these up. So this is like final version, just what I've been playing with. Uh, and then as you run around, like, you know, you get, I think it's it maybe the final maxed out version is, is it clears the fog of war 30% uh, further yeah. than it would if you didn't have it. And then on the same thing, you have samurai armor that, you know, gives you a moderate boost to health and does this, that, and the other. And so neck down, you have these different outfits that you can then unlock different dyes for and change the color of. Then going up, you have face masks and you have headpieces. So, like, I was often running around with this uh, thief wrap, which was basically the mask we're all wearing in quarantine, right? And then a different kind of headband. Personally, I thought all the helmets looked dumb, so I never, ever wore them. <laughs> and when you unlock the final versions, or when you unlock these, you know, or you upgrade these armors, you'll walk away with wearing it and stuff. So you, I, I tested them here and there, but it just wasn't what my gin was wearing. Again, I had a very specific look for my gin, which was way more of, ninja batman kind of thing like i wanted him light and moving and be and like eventually you have all these different dyes you find in the world obviously or not you unlock or whatever you can pay for you get you as you earn or as you earn you pick up flowers you can then trade them in that'll give you new dyes and stuff worth pointing out sorry i talked about all the gear looks for your person there's also uh, vanity kits for your swords and bows that you can then mix yeah. and match there too to make that look different uh but eventually like you i found the the black uh, dye armor, um, uh, the the black dye merchant, and the white dye merchant, and I was like, "Oh, this is what I want! Like, I just want a basic monochrome." Oh, you went stuff. all black. Oh, hell yeah, I did, dude. Yeah. I did that, I, and then I, if I was, I was feeling colorful. if I was feeling squirrely, I would put on the the gold headband with little bits of black in oh. it. You know what I mean? Like that would be the yeah. pop of color. And like, yeah, I was all about like. I wanted him to fit. I, I was doing the full-on ghost shit, so I was like, he's got to be got to be in the shadows. I don't want anybody to know. Not that this affects at all. Color doesn't affect them seeing you. Yeah. But in the Greg Miller narrative, I'm writing in my head about Jin. Oh, this is what it's got to be. Yeah, for the most part, my character looked dope. There were, there were some times where I kind of looked like a dumbass because 
um with the outfits because they they do things because they have actual effects in the game i would switch back and forth and this is the thing we talked a lot about on gamescast about how like we wish we could have switched back and forth faster like a quick menu or something but yeah like i would wear the traveler's outfit so that i can unlock more of the map as i'm traveling through and then i would get to combat and then be like okay cool i'm gonna switch to my samurai outfit so that way i can be stronger or that way i can have uh yeah, take more hits or or uh, do more during standoff or whatever like the mechanic is um and so like as i'll switch back and forth and then not change my headgear i would then come off like uh okay what was i'd be wearing like my like my samurai like helmet and then like yeah. my traveler outfit and it just yeah. looked off totally. um and so that would happen from time to time but for the most part like i really like the customization like you oh, said yeah. there's a lot to do there the, yeah the you can mix stuff. and match yeah and like to your question yeah. you know like a really good helmet that doesn't really match like that's totally on you where like that the helmet doesn't have stats assigned to it so you don't have to worry about that part of it, it you can yeah you can build it out you want like even the armor itself like you know as a shout out to it, the samurai armor is what i usually wore before i unlock some of the later game stuff but like uh you know by default that comes with these like shoulder pad squares on it that i thought looked dumb as hell and like, you have the option to take one off take the other off take them both off you know what i mean like you can get in and screw on that level with it and yeah. then, you know, there's various levels of that with each one of them, but I appreciated that even that was thought of. And then, like, there's also like head. You mentioned the headbands, and I think um, I don't know if you unlock all the headbands the same way, but there was a way that I unlocked a couple of headbands that I thought was really cool, where you you're you're basic you basically add meaning to your headband through writing a haiku, like as like mm-hmm. a discoverable mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. discoverable thing to do in the world. Yeah. Um, I really liked all that stuff, like all the cosmetic stuff. I thought was done super well. Yeah. As usual, yeah, you know, back to the thing of like you can switch the stances for who you're fighting so simply. You can switch. Uh, there's lots of buttons we were com- you were complaining, I think, on that review. You can yeah. switch your throwables and your you can, arrows you really can quickly. From bows, and you can sw- you, you can switch like your, yeah, your throwable thing, but then you can also switch the type of bows or type yeah. of thing that's in your throwable thing, and then you can also switch your quick throw thing, and then. There's a lot. But that said, I, saw, I, I yeah, the one thing is I I want to see in a either a, a patch for some reason or if they were just gonna do when they do the sequel is yeah, quick equip loadouts that I can switch right there because it was a, it was like I I was like in the first thirty hours insistent that if I'm on the horse riding somewhere I'm wearing the traveler's garb because it, it not only does it clear the fog of war it also vibrates when you're near uh, artifacts, but it got yeah. to be such a hassle of like, all right I fought a bunch of people so i'm in my samurai outfit so i go to the pause screen i put on the traveler's outfit and then i go back to the horse and then i'm riding and then i'm in a standoff so i go back i go back to the start menu and i put this in it was like i kept doing it because i wanted the buffs and it was again it loads really quickly but it was like come on there's got to be a better way we must have known this at some point right i do want to shout out uh i know we complain a lot on gamescast about the control scheme and how there 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 were so many different things you could do on that controller uh, as far as like switching things around i do want to shout out how well they use the touchpad because oh, sure. they made it so that like the different ways you, you swipe on the touchpad have different functions in the way that I think in The Witcher Three, if you like swipe up, that then brings up your map. I love when games do, do stuff like going. that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like this game, if you swipe up, that is what activates your wind, uh, which then guides you to where you want to go. And it is such a it is it's such a smart use of the touchpad that I wish more games do. Like I, I understand why third party games don't necessarily do it because you can't really translate that to an Xbox controller, and you want to have. Yeah. Um, you want to make it easy and make everything the same, but I really do like to, uh, like how they use that in the game. And again, for you know, and, and, and if like this is, yeah, I mean, like this is an open world RPG, right? That's what we're calling it. You call it open I, world so action I, RPG. I would, 
I've been thinking about that a lot because I would call it an open world action game with yeah. RPG elements, which I know sounds I know that sounds fucking stupid, but it's not Witcher, but it's also like not Spider-Man, you know, like it you're take you're taking in quests, but like you're not you're not leveling. Like leveling is kind of the thing that I I see as my differentiator. Like you don't mm. go from level 1 to level 2 to level 3 and that's kind of what But you do, I they're just RPG. titles though, right? I uh, I guess that's See, I mean, that's point. my thing. You're, like, as you're going, you're leveling up and getting the the technique points to spend on your item, your yourself to change your character. But I think the difference is for RPGs, you're, you have stats that, and maybe this is maybe this breaks down at a certain point. But I feel like you ha- when with your levels, your stats then level up, and so I know that like you you can upgrade your skills, which kind of upgrade how strong you are. You can equip gear, which affect how strong you are. But yeah, I. Maybe RPG light, I guess. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just such a weird. It's I mean, honestly, this is such a 2009 conversation at IGN of like, well, it's got RPG elements. Well, then what the fuck is it? That's not you know what I mean. Whatever. Yeah. To, my, to the again to the credit of, uh, of it though, in terms of it, maybe it, it to you isn't a role playing game, but to me, again with the whole argument and like, oh, I'm gonna be a samurai. Okay, now the gloves are off. Conversation. It was the same way that one of the swipes when you swipe uh, right. You know, if you have your sword out, Jin will knock the blood off of it or put it through his arm and put the oh, blood yeah. off it and then put it back in his uh, 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 holder, holster. Um, holster, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That became, like, ritual for me. Again, like, in the respect of this blade and the way he is a samurai and everything else, like, I would get off my horse, I would fuck all these people up, I would kill these people in camp, whatever it was. I would then make sure every time that I flicked the blood off of it and then stowed the sword. And it was like such a... Because I we talked about it in the th- the review, right? You'll have these duels, which are the one-on-ones with the cool camera cuts, and like they all start the same way of the other person across from you talking some shit, getting ready to go. And then it cuts to Jin, who like usually says nothing, and then just flicks his, his blade a little bit to knock it out of the holster so he can grab it when it's ready. And so like... The game is so good at building its world, establishing its character, making its rules, I think, for what Jin would do in a samurai battle that for me, it was ritual that when it was all over, put it away. Like, clean it, clean yeah. the blade, show it respect, and put it away. And I was like, this is a weird thing that the game's not rewarding me for in any way. It's just an extra thing that actually stops combat altogether, stops progression altogether. Because when you do it, it's an animation you can't like run around and do stuff with. I, I actually, like, this is how it's got to fucking be. I didn't do that once, and I didn't. Even, I didn't realize that like you had like the whole animation. Like I thought it was just like the take sword out, put sword back in. I didn't think to do it after a combat scenario. But Every that's fucking time, really man, cool. flick the blood off, put it away. But like for me, that kind of reflected in the way that um, as you're riding through the world, you'll see uh, uh, random cases of like Mongols uh, having captured a person, you yeah. know, and you want to like free them. Like these little instances in the world, and every single time, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll help that oh, yeah. person. Because you, you feel like you feel like you had to, right? Because you're the ghost of Shima. You're you're yeah. Jin Sakai. Like you have a responsibility. You're here to protect this fucking island <laughs> at all costs. Yeah. Uh, next question is one we referenced earlier, but I want to get to now. Tired Tiefling writes into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and says, "How does Ghost of Tsushima compare to Horizon Zero Dawn?" I'm currently playing through Horizon for the first time, and was wondering if playing through Ghost before finishing Horizon would make it difficult to go back. Are they different enough open worlds and experiences that it really won't be an issue? First off, I, my top of the line advice would be finish Horizon. Like I, I hate juggling multiple games, and yeah, going like trying to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla after forty hours of Ghost of Tsushima almost broke my brain. 
because like the attack buttons are not in the same spot. And I was like, ah, fuck, I look like an idiot. But more importantly, Blessing, you've played Horizon far more recently than I have. What's your yes. take on this question? Uh, man, as far as, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm like searching the question because I want to, I want to read it, read it sure, carefully sure. again before I, before I, I stick, can read it to uh, you. I'll read it to the around. listener too while you read it again. All right. Yeah, go for it. Tired Tiefling writes in and says, how does Ghost of Tsushima compare to Horizon Zero Dawn? I'm currently playing through Horizon for the first time and was wondering if playing through Ghost before finishing Horizon would make it difficult to go back. Are they different enough open worlds and experiences that it won't be an issue? So you answered that last question already. Uh, and I agree. I, I mean, as far as like, are they different enough experiences? They're, they're, they're fairly different. Like to me, they, they're kind of two different kinds of open world games, even though they're also very similar kind of kinds of open world games. Um, I mean, I think one setting obviously is very different, but then also sure. the way in which you engage in combat is just so different. Like Horizon almost strikes me as Far Cry-ish in the way that the world is more aggressive to you. Like when you're when when you are trying to discover a new location or you're if you're on the way to a a new place, right? Like you're clearing that fog of war, but at the same time you are encountering machines that are stopping you at every point, and like you you either have to engage or you're running for your life. Uh, it feels more brutal in that way, whereas Ghost of Tsushima, I'd say, is a lot more friendly to the player. Like, I, you, you find encounters along the way in the open world, but you're not necessarily forced to interact yeah, it, with them. I mean, you, you see them when you're riding and you see Mongols with a hostage or people just passing through, bayonets passing through. You get the up on the D-pad to start the standoff, which is the one mm -hmm. where you have the, you know, the timed things to go through and slice them in, uh, down or whatever. But if you just veer away... You're fine. They won't. You're fine. Uh, if they see you, they their thing will start filling in. But you're gonna outride them. I never got like towards the end there. Now, granted, I'm playing with like you know a different armor that makes detection speed slower. That do all these things. But at the end of the game, when I was just like clearing stuff, trying to platinum it, I would see them go, and they would never give chase or even most of the time even catch me. Notice me. Yeah, and there there were even times where I would see wild animals out in the open world, sure. and the the bar would fill up, indicating that they saw me. And for most of the game, I would see that and be like, "Oh crap! Okay, now I got to run away from this thing." Until I realized that, like for the most part, um, the boar, which are like the the main one that you'll see the the bar fill yeah, up the for, like they're running away from you. Like they're not they're not after you. They will uh, if I, you get close to them. They will. Like if you, they, I, okay. I was with you of like, oh, what the fuck? Every time I saw them. I see it filling. I would shoot them to get the predator hides to upgrade my throw or, or yeah throwables or whatever. But then eventually, I was like, I don't even want to. And one time, I was doing other stuff, and he just ran over and headbutted me. I'm like, all right, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> That's fine. But there then there are like bear in the game that yeah. will attack you. But like again, those are very few and far between. And so they're different in in, uh, in that case. As far as how does the game compare to Horizon Zero Dawn? I don't I don't think this is going to be popular opinion, but I like this game more than Horizon Zero Dawn. I I just enjoy being in this world more. I think, I mean, I think both of them have their pros and cons against each other. Like, I sure. think I would say Horizon Zero Dawn's story is probably the better one, but I, this one spoke to me more, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, I think Horizon Zero Dawn's story is just cooler in terms of, like, the reveals that happen and, um, you know, the cool story beats that happen. But I'd say this one just spoke to me more as, I guess, a samurai story that... Um, um with like with really cool characters i think the combat in this game spoke to me more than horizons but i can see an argument for people uh who would say that horizon spoke to them more like it really is kind of pick pick which one speaks to you more like they're both i'd say on like an equal footing as far as how good they are yeah um it's a tough one because i love horizon obviously but i'm with you that i think this is 
the game I enjoyed more. And that's not to take away from Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, I'm not trying to say it's crap or anything like that. But one of the things that I find interesting on reflecting about this, and granted, excuse me, it's been three years plus since I played Horizon Zero Dawn. So, like, obviously, it's all a bit fried up here from a million different things. But I feel Ghost of Tsushima is, and this, I guess, could sound like a knock, but it's not. It's straightforward in what it is. And it's like, this is the story, right? Like, you, you know, are the nephew of Lord Shimura. He's in charge of this island. The Mongols have invaded. You have to rise up and stop this from happening, right? And that is the story throughout. And there are twists and turns and unexpected things. And like, you know, I I told this during the review, but the one day Jen and I went to the beach and she was like, so what's going on in the game? And I ranted for like 30 minutes about where we were and what was happening, like, the relationships involved with that and where they go from there, I feel from a story perspective are laser focused in terms of, I understand the motivations and the characters. And I remember where we're at, and where we're going horizon is one of a game. I totally fucking adored, but I remember enjoying horizons gameplay a lot. And then how pretty the world was, and that the story, if you wanted a golden path, it was super interesting. I remember that caught me off guard that I was that into the main story of Horizon. But that said, three years later, I'm like, and uh, she was a uh, she was the clone of a uh, she was the clone of that younger. Ver- and I remember it being Man, a very I, touching scene. I played, I played that game in January, and now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh fuck, was she? Oh was yeah, a, I, I remember about- being super into watching the you know, why are they underground and watching the recreations and how she could get into the lab. And these are all vague, very vague spoilers for Horizon. And then showing up at her house and listening to the final recording, and it was just like I remember liking all that a lot and thinking it was cool. And maybe it's just because I'm not that big into sci-fi. But it's like, and I also remember the guy from Destiny. He's he was he was good for the most of it, but then he had his own ulterior motives. And at the end, I think he he went bad. And that's when the red stuff that we saw in the trailer two came out. It's like that's yeah. where I'm at with Horizon in terms of like. And granted, again, totally unfair. Three years removed here, you know what I mean. But I say, and I guess that's still unfair. I was gonna say I say that, but I can tell you what happens in Uncharted, right? But again, I guess that's a game go, games I've replayed, and there's been multiple series in, and all these different things. But yeah. even I guess, even all they, that said, I can tell you Days Gone story way clear, more recent. But again, I, I, I think it's more straightforward. I feel like Horizon Zero Dawn and um, Ghost of Tsushima distract me as two blockbuster movies in just very different genres. Like Horizon Zero Dawn, I would put alongside something that is Hunger Games esque, but like more has more of a sci-fi post-apocalyptic. Uh, fuel to it, even though I guess Hunger Games is post-apocalyptic. Um, and then uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima just strikes me as like a uh, a Western made a Western made blockbuster samurai film in a yeah. way that, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't even compare those as movies. Like, if I had if I had two of those movies sitting in front of me, I don't know if I if I'd really like put them up up, up against each other. But for me, when I think of Ghost of Tsushima in comparison to Horizon Zero Dawn, the thing that kind of edges it out for me is the fact that I think Ghost of Tsushima is just an easier open world to move through. Um, and that comes with the fact that you don't have to spend things to fast travel, uh, which was like a big gripe of mine in, in, in Horizon Zero Dawn. And then also like you just have so many points you can fast travel to in Ghost, Ghost of sure. Tsushima. And it, it it's almost like they made that game with a thought in mind of, all right, cool. We made this world. We made the action. We made the story. We finished the game. All right. 
Now, how are people going to play this game, and how do we make yeah. that as easy as possible for people? And Again, the way Sucker Punch leaning into the fact that this is a game. Yes. This is a game. Like people are going to play this like a video game. Yeah, and there's so many points in Horizon where like I'd be hunting a thing, and at a certain point, I just I just get frustrated because I'm not able to find the exact animal I'm trying to hunt, or like it's it's just being too much of a of a um a struggle to try and like get the thing that I want done done either because the open world is attacking attacking back against me or because like I don't know, man, something's being being jank or whatever. Um, something's being jank. <laughs> something's being jank or got whatever. Something being jank over here or whatever. <laughs> I feel like Ghost for me felt like such a a seamless open world experience that it, it's hard for me to to um, put a lot of similar open world games above it uh, for that reason. Sure, that makes sense. Hmm, where do I want to take you next? I want to delete this one. I put in multiple questions from you know, on the same idea, right? But I don't want to like we already covered this one, so we can just delete this one. Can, can you believe that this this is the studio? Then this is this is going to be nothing to you probably, but it means a lot to me. This studio made Rocket Robot on Wheels. Sucker that does punch. mean nothing to me. You're right. They started with the Rocket Robot on Wheels. I love greatness Robot from on small wheels. beginnings. Man, but yeah, what a small beginning. And yeah, they went on to make Sly Cooper and Infamous and now Ghost. And it's like the glow up. Wild, you know? Joe Fayant writes into patreon.com slash games and says, Hey, Greg and Blessing. My question is, how much of Sucker Punch's past games influence Ghost of Tsushima? My favorite video game characters of all... T- I'm sorry. My favorite video game character of all time is Sly Cooper. And I love the Infamous series. So I was wondering if the traversal of the Infamous games, for example, is influenced... He means has influenced how Jin moves around the world. Or if the stealth of the Sly Cooper games can be felt with the stealth mechanics in Ghost. Thanks for taking my question. Also, we need a Sly 5, so hashtag Sly 5 for PS5. Man, let me tell you, Rocket Robot on Wheels is all over this game. I was going to say, can you feel it? Can you feel it? (laughs) No, not at all. I I mean, I've not not played Sly Cooper, so I don't know how much clarity there is there. Um, And I, I don't really feel like there is much infamous here either like i don't really see any lineage I, for me with infamous is a huge infamous fan if you didn't know ladies and gentlemen and i went on record in the review is this is and i think i said it here too this is sucker punch's best game and that's somebody who loves infamous uh i don't you, you what i see the influence here are the learnings of infamous again where it's like i i talked about this in the review right that i felt one of the problems with Second Son was that it wasn't a full step into the PlayStation 4 generation. It still felt like it, it looked like a PlayStation 4 game. Obviously, beautiful, crazy tech running behind it to make Seattle look awesome and make Delson look awesome. But it struggled with still having the giant PS3 era, like, take the photo here. This is what you're doing here. Like, we are telling in the same way I'm saying I'm complimenting Ghost of Tsushima for being a video game. Sucker or uh, Infamous Second Son did it in ways I didn't like that broke the experience of even still playing a video game where it was like, oh, this doesn't, this feels like the trappings of what I played uh, Infamous on PS3, but not on PS4. That's weird. I see those lessons learned here where still getting around and traversing around, and granted, now you're on a horse or running through the thing rather than gliding on, uh, you know, uh, elevated train tracks or flying based on, you know, your powers in uh, your neon powers and stuff like that um i still feel that here in their open world exploration and giving you things to do and you know the way they learned i feel to have it still be a video game and feel like a video game but not be in a 
I'm breaking you out of the immersion of this. I think, you know, the best example of that is the way the wind works, which we've talked a little bit about, but, you know, having a waypoint and then just swiping up and having the wind blow through and you following that in that general direction. I thought watching state of plays, I'm like, is that going to be too ambiguous? Is that going to be too like imprecise? And it's like, no, not at all. It fits the game back to it being meditative, right? Of like, yeah, it guides you and pushes you in the right ways and makes you feel like, all right, cool. I'm in this world. It doesn't break you out of the world, which is a huge thing. Yeah. And then for like, you know, sly influences or whatever, like eventually, and I, it's probably in their way earlier, but eventually they make a point in one of the missions to call out the fact that, you know, oh, like above these tents, there are these wires that connect them. And if you're, you get up there and you crawl across those, like, you know, you're hidden from enemy sight. And so getting up there and starting to do it, I looked around, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is literally Sly Cooper of him, like, like <laughs> dancing across the wire or whatever. I'm like, that's cool that that reference is still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that, it feels that way. And there's some other references and a whole bunch of other cool Easter eggs and stuff like that in here for it. So I feel like it's not for me, and I haven't played Sly, God, since the, what, the the Thieves in Time, or yeah, Rack, uh, 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 Sly 4. Honor- when, oh, okay. For for, for, for for PSP? No, no, no. They did the one for PS3. There's only there's only three. There was one for PS3. Yeah. Remember, it was uh, Zanzaro, so it wasn't it wasn't uh, soccer, oh, it wasn't much, but soccer it was money picked Zanzaro. Um. Anyways, I'm not I'm no sly expert by any stretch of the imagination, but those are the w- ways I felt it, the ways I saw it in terms of where it was uh, going and how it felt there. I don't. I think it's more the learnings of them then oh man i re- i understand this reference this uh, look this kind of thing Craig, there was the sly game that came out in 2013 yeah that's the sanzaro one it was a big deal How- ended on a cliffhanger he went back to ancient egypt no, no, this- no i think sanzaro just got bought by uh facebook right for making oculus games or whatever so this Say somehow like just this is like one of those uh what do they call it the um mandela uh, effect Mandela effect, yeah. This yeah. is like Mandela effect thing where I, if you ask me, if is there a Sly Cooper PS3 ga- or PS yeah PS3 game, I would have sworn yeah. to you no. And I'm you remember at the remaster, right, right? When they put the remaster out, yeah, I remember the remaster. Yeah, yeah, but like a, a Sly Four Thieves Thieves in Time, I yeah. that I that is it's breaking me that this game exists because I had no idea. I that was one of those. Entirely. That was one of those classic. Uh, we want more Sly. Here it is. Nobody bought this Sly. Fuck. God damn it. Why do we listen to you people? Why? Why? Why did we do this? Yeah. So that's how that's I crazy. feel it personally in terms of, uh, uh, you know, what it's going back for. Um, I have a good final question, but I we have a, I want to make sure I get all these other ones out here. I feel like we've already talked about, or did we? I'm going to read it anyway, and you tell me, Blessing, if we got this, right? Kevin writes in, not your, our Kevin, your Kevin, and yeah. says, Hey, Yins. I don't know what that means. How does Ghost fare in post-Breath of the Wild, AC Odyssey, and Red Dead 2 world? When I think back on my most memorable open-world experiences, there is one thing that stands out in the great open-world games. The combat in Horizon, climbing and exploration in Breath of the Wild, uh, or the never-ending content of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. What stands out for Ghost of or Ghost of Tsushima? Uh, is there something you think that it can hang its hat on the, in the industry will look to for inspiration? I guess I, I like that question where we ended with it. And then yeah. and, and Patrick Higgins had also written in saying that how does it differentiate itself from Assassin's Creed? Uh, is there something this can hang its hat on, you think, Blessing, in, term, in Ghost? I mean, n- I mean, there's not anything that's, I, I think, super innovative or unique about it i think overall it's just a re- really good package and so like 
I mean, I think it can hang its hat on the fact that it is a very good samurai game. But I think mm-hmm. also, for me, my biggest takeaway from it is how it looks and its style and kind yeah. of the smoothness of it, honestly. Yeah. Like, it is it is a very good-looking, stunning game. I, I tweeted uh, a lot of my screenshots that I took while playing the game um, in the photo mode, and I'm going to continue tweeting them because it is absolutely beautiful. Like, 100%. and I know I mentioned, I mentioned the wind a lot, but the way the wind looks as you're as you're navigating the world, the way the 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 grass moves, the way the the, the leaves on the trees move, the particles, uh, the the um, uh, like I remember there was one time uh, as I was playing where I'm like riding on my horse alongside a companion or whatever, and uh, a bunch of birds, like we came across like a flock of birds that were just chilling on the ground, and yeah. birds start flying away, and I immediately like click right on the photo mode button like the right right on the d-pad which is the photo mode button to pause everything because i was like i need a screenshot of this because this is a beautiful moment and there's like a bunch of different options in the photo mode for different particle effects you put on it, it's a great photo mode but one of the things you can turn on and off is animated environment and when yep. when you pause when you pause the photo mode essentially what will happen is if your animated environment is turned on it'll pause everything that's going on in the game but the grass will still flow, the wind will still blow, particles will still go, and all this different stuff. Basically, it's like a you're like frozen in time, like a matrix kind of moment. And it's like it looks so good, it looks so beautiful. Yeah. For me, as I was trying to take that screenshot, my animated thing was off, and I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna turn it on just see how it looks." And I turned it on, and the birds flew away, and I was like, "Fuck, dude, I missed the, I missed the shot." Um, but that was just like a funny, the funny thing that happened as I was as I was playing the game. Overall, like I think, yeah, the visuals of this game is gonna take it super far in the conversation. Yeah. Well, I want to come back to that, but yeah, photo mode for sure is the same thing for me. I love a good photo mode, and the options they have in here are crazy in terms of time of day, weather. Uh, you're talking about, yeah, the animated environments. You can go in there, and like most of the time, I would stop it, and it would be, you know, there would be particles, leaves, there fireflies, whatever. Even if they weren't there, you could put them there. You could change how yeah. many of them are there. You can change the intensity of it. There's obviously focus and all the normal stuff you'd expect, but like, I spent so much time fucking around with that because it was it. And I think that does speak to what stands out for me and what separates it from the others is not the beauty for sure, but I think it's an overall style. The fact that this game has style. And it's what I was talking about in the review early on, again, comparing it to Last of Us, is that you start this up and you're like, oof, this is not Last of Us. The facial animations don't look the same. The animations in general don't look that great. But the more I played that game and see that world and see the different env- environments pop with color and have these cinematic standoffs in these giant fields of chrys- chrysanthemums, right? And like the colors are popping and like they'll, you know, have it completely devoid of color in some spots. It's like, fuck, this is awesome. Like this is, this is where it stands out is that it, it made a giant open world that looks beautiful even though i think if you were going to talk on a strictly graphics comparison to other things you'd be like well this looks you know it doesn't have the same texture quality as this that or the other like it has a fucking style to it and they committed to it and it's it's in the photo mode it's in the gameplay it's in the soundtrack something we haven't talked at all about is how good the soundtrack is right of just this like again traditional japanese music that they they got all recorded and did all the stuff for it's just fucking rad and like that's the thing is you are playing a 50 hour samurai movie. And I wouldn't, if the samurai movie came out tomorrow, I don't know if I'd be super interested to go watch it. Or I should have said, if it came out before this game, I wouldn't have been interested to watch it. Now I'm really into the genre. It turns out and I want to see more of it. And that's the highest compliment you can pay. I think is that the game yeah. nails that to the point that I care more about that now or care. If, game awards, that. if game awards had a best style category, I think Oshima would, would sweep. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that right now. I know Giant Bomb has like a best style. I don't know if they still do it because they've changed their game of the year a bit over the years, but like 
Ghost of Tsushima, I think, is a number one uh, contender for me, at least. Sure. Oh, we've talked about sequels. Sorry, Chris from Canada. You made it to the page, but you won't make it to the show. Oh, Tyler wrote this one in. I don't think either of us have a great answer for it, but I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Tyler says, how is the Japanese voice acting? Greg said he played around a bit, but ultimately went for English. Someone who enjoys watching anime in Japanese with English subtitles the correct way. I'm excited to give it a try. Thanks. Have a great week, Tyler from NYC. Did you screw around with the Japanese voice acting at all? Not at all. I did. I I, I didn't ex- explore that. Um, but I, I have talked. I have talked to people who have said that it is good. But the biggest problem with it is that it's not synced. Uh, to the, like the, the actual lip sync is off because yeah, the, it's the, it's the sunk to the uh, yeah exactly yeah. And so I think that's kind of unfortunate for playing a a samurai game um, that is based in Japan. But you understand yeah. though, right? Like it's the you know double the time of lip syncing and doing everything yeah. else i get it yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah like i said i turned it on and i i liked it fine but the immediate problem i had is that i was riding my horse with the companion and the companion was talking and i was trying to look at the subtitles but then i wasn't able to ride the horse correctly and i was like you know what no we'll go back to english but it wasn't because of the performance at all obviously uh, i thought that was I will, good i will say i can't imagine playing this game in kurosawa mode which is the black and white uh yeah. japanese voice acting yeah. mode, because the game one it's so colorful in general yep. like the colors add so much to that world but then also like there are there are points in the game that reference colors like they're like color in the world there are points in the game that are that are like oh yeah go to these blue flowers over here and like if you can't see that because you're in black and white i don't know how that pans out um and so i don't i i've not spoken to anybody who's played in kurosawa mode specifically it's um, yeah i turned it on oh, sorry it's, it? it's tough I, I played it for like 20 minutes and like trying to go into an enemy camp and like having it all be black and white and like uh, with a subtle filter, uh, like the old old school film uh, filter, um, where there's a lot going on. There's a lot of action. You're in the middle of a fight, and then you start to lose like where enemies are and shit. And that was like the thing that I was running into. So I was like, no, I, I gotta, I gotta turn color back on just because it's it's really cool. It's such a fucking uh it's such a cool idea for them to play around with and uh to really work on to have it at launch but yeah just uh being able to keep track of everything uh when you're in the middle of a fight it's just like a lot. for me it's i turned it on because obviously i thought it it sounds cool and whatever and then you know same thing of like i was like so stunned by how beautiful the style of the world is that i was like i want to turn it back on and see all the colors it struck me more as Either I would do it late in the game, which I never did because the game was never not beautiful, <laughs> or a second playthrough, I w- you, you would think you'd do it something there when you understand all of it, right? All the mechanics, what you're going to do, and it does become routine. I feel like it's a good way to spice it up then, but like that's I'm saying I didn't do that. Maybe well, if they do do a new game plus eventually, maybe do really that. really quick. Uh, shout out to the sound design for uh, that mode as well because they it makes it sound like an old school fucking uh, movie as well. Like it's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. yeah. I was playing with headphones and like I immediately noticed the the difference when I was uh, looking between the different modes uh, at the very beginning of the game when they when it asked you. Um, and yeah, the the sound design for for that mode specifically is really really cool. Bear, do you, you know what would help you to not lose enemies uh, in that Kurosawa mode? What? If they if they added a lock oh, on, dude, uh, blessing. I'm with you. I'm, no I'm with you here. That's the problem. This know. young generation. This young generation. Why doesn't the game just play itself for you? You know what I mean? Hey, you, know, you, you know what? It was on. your fucking We've generation, Greg like, Miller, who was no making time? these games, making uh, making them with fucking lock ons, and then it just happened to be this one that didn't do it for once. All right. Samurais didn't have lock-ons, all right? That's what you need to know. Okay. Real samurais, yeah. All right. 
I've platinumed it. My opinion means what I'm kidding on him. <laughs> uh, I got three questions. One super simple. Uh, Takibi writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Just like all you can, it says, is there a risk I will spend skill points on abilities that I don't need only for other abilities unlocked later on? Can I see all the skills I can get from the beginning? Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. There's one thing that I'll unlock later, but I wouldn't worry about it. Spend your skill points as you see fit. Like it's very much looking at weapons, stances. Uh, there was a question earlier that I actually, I think, cut off yeah but i uh, that pl- plays into this that was basically someone asking there it is uh scoom scoom poof scomp oof writes in and says uh is there anything you learned later in the game that you wish you knew from the start any major tips one that would be the tip for me comes down to skill points if you're going to play through the whole thing and you're going to platinum it you're going to have all the stuff unlocked and then you're going to have a lot of you're going to you're going to play with whatever one of the things I didn't realize till way later, and I was like, fuck, I should have been doing this earlier, is that, so we, we've talked about the different styles you can fight in, right? So, you know, it, it's where you're going to position your sword if you're fighting a guy with a spear, if you're fighting a guy with a shield, if you're fighting so on and so forth. Those have points to unlock, and I looked at the first row, and they were all like, oh, double tap triangle or hold triangle and then do this. And I was like, ow, I'm never really going to do that. Like, I don't care about it. And so I put my investment points into everything else. But then, like, mixed into those trees were ones that were like, Oh, now your stagger damage in this stance will be even harder. Or it'll it'll it'll, sta- it'll stagger people longer, or it'll now your attacks against this guy will do more damage. And I was like, Oh, fuck! Like when I got to Act Two and it started kicking <laughs> my ass, that. I was like, Fuck! I should have been investing there early to make my attacks more powerful or whatever. That's funny. I did the didn't exact break, thing. Didn't break the game by any stretch of the imagination, but it was like, Ah, shit! Fuck! I should have done that. So that's an answer, a twofer right there, as they say. Yeah, I I agree. Thank that's you. What you do you have any? Do you have anything you learned that I you mean, want people should know? I, w- I, w- I would say the way I I kind of played was I was kind of conservative with my skill points until I had an idea of how the game played and what I like w- the way I wanted to play. Yeah. And so I'll I'll say maybe do the same thing and to the stances thing like make sure you're switching stances on the fly. Yep. The way I was playing toward the beginning was I was sticking to one stance and and I was trying to like play the way that I wanted to play, and I quickly learned that. That is not how the game wants you to play. The game wants you to switch stances. That is part of the combat. It's switching back and forth between all the different stances. Yeah. And so make sure to do that. Uh, Tyson Wrench writes in and says, a lot of the negatives I've read in reviews have to do with stealth gameplay. Number one, do you think this is due to so many people playing this right after Last of Us Part Two? Number two, is the stealth gameplay comparable to stealth in a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Super excited to play this game when it comes out. Yeah, I am not fully briefed on this, but I saw Janet Garcia from IGN. Of course, you know her from our Last of Us uh, review thing we did here on PS I Love You last week, two weeks ago. Um, she was very much like, yeah, the stealth g- gameplay sucks in this. Like, And I was like, oh, shit. Like They were talking about it and beyond. I haven't heard it yet or gotten the full rundown of it. That wasn't a critique of mine. For me personally, it is very much Assassin's Creed Odyssey kind of stealth, uh, with the exception that I think, again, as you unlock different outfits, you can make it harder for people to detect you, which means that you can be out in the open longer before they see you. But it is what I... And I mean, again, to our point of it, this is a game that is great and we love, but does a lot of things other games do. It's, I think, if you were thinking of what is you know stealth gameplay in a 2020 game going to look like, it's that. Where it's like, you go into camps, People have their assigned path. They walk around and they do stuff and you can wait in the tall grasses and then you make your move and you go over here and you can take them out. And like, you know, again, you're assassinating from behind. You can chain assassinate. Uh, you know, uh, you can use different items. You can distract people with sound things over there. But it's like, 
I didn't find I didn't I didn't find the stealth gameplay bad. I didn't find it remarkable either. Like it's how I played most once I was like I'm the fucking ghost of Tsushima. It's how I was playing it for the most part, but it wasn't like oh my god, this is terrible. Or, oh my god, this is amazing. The, th- the thing that really like and I was trying to uh relay this over Twitter, which is always hard, but like the more that I played Tsushima, especially when like they really introduce you to the stealth stuff, the the more I was like Man, I'd ra- I'd rather just play Assassin's Creed right now, and that was like uh, I feel like that was my major takeaway, especially with the stealth. Was like I'm playing through the series, and I've taken a break from uh, starting with Origins, like, and then playing Tsushima and getting to the stealth stuff. I was like, yeah, I'd rather just do I'd rather just do Assassin's Creed right now because it did it did feel very basic to me, and I, I was missing that like being able to like masterfully like have all of these things at my disposal to take down an enemy camp without being seen, you know. Um, well, I mean, you get those as you play the game. That's the whole point. Like, you guys, you're how? Where are you at? Like, still six hours in? I'm like, uh, like the last time I played, I think I got like seven, maybe eight hours in. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. This is never. I hate if the game gets good, yada yada. But yeah, I yeah. think the point of it is in the beginning is that guess what? You are a samurai, and it is this slow. Not I shouldn't say slow. It's this journey from being a samurai to being uh, the ghost of Tsushima. Because I'm seeing in the chat over here, Mike L saying, uh, speaking on behalf of. Uh, oh, man, hold on, it went away. Somebody, uh, no, yeah, Michael says uh, the Beyond suggestion was that once you break stealth, you should go straight into loud combat. Restealthing is dumb, I think, or I guess, uh, yeah, well, for sure that. But by the end of it, when I to your point, like I guess that's the thing is I'm comparing the end of Ghost of Tsushima stealth to uh, being stealth as Cassandra or whatever, where it was by the end of it, you have the the blow dart that poisons people, you have the blow dart that makes them hallucinate and fight each other. I had firecrackers that distract a bunch of people. I had wind chimes to distract one person. I had, you know, uh, smoke bombs that I could drop that would put me immediately into assassin's mode, but also heal me. Like by the end of it, I think when you are the full blown ghost of Tsushima, you have that arsenal that is all right. Now I'm gonna fuck people up. It's back to my my you're you're, you're Batman by the end of it. Yeah, I didn't realize there were complaints with the stealth. I think the stealth in the game is fantastic. Like I don't think it's it's Metal Gear Solid by any means, but um, and I've not played recent Assassin's Creeds, but I've liked this stealth more so than the Assassin's Creeds that I have played. Um, I like the idea of restealthing. Uh, I I like. I I really liked when that when that would happen, and even in, in Last of Part Two, the way that that yeah. felt natural when you're able to be like, all right, deuces, I'm out of here, and then like dip into <laughs> like wherever you go, and then come out and start fucking people up again. I always find that super enjoyable, and Ghost of Tsushima I think evolves that over the course of playing the game super well that by the point but like by the time i mean i was in the last act of the game and this is kind of to the progression of ghost in story and what the game is trying to do you know i found myself going into stealth more and more and more and more as i played to the point where i approach encampments being like all right cool i i could just do the standoff thing and fuck people up face to face and i know i'm gonna win because I'm, i'm i'm dope as fuck with a sword but at this point, it might even be easier for me just to stealth through because I'm I'm uh, you're super quick and uh, the better and better you not only just get at the game, but the better and better Jin becomes and the more and more you upgrade them. Equipment, the, yeah. the more and more I, I'd say leniency there is in the stealth, and like 100%. the more and more you can you can just straight up fuck people up. And so whether that's with your arrows and the different types of arrows you get, or if that's with your quick fire weapons, or if that's with like your upgraded like assassinations and different things, I thought I thought that stuff was always very fun i love i mean i i enjoyed it like right it's i loved it but it would in, in terms of like you know me talking of, of what now for an hour and a half about this game and then on top of the hour we've already done as a review i don't think i would ever come up uh talking about like the stealth gameplay because it is that thing i think it's just it is what it is and it does remind me of assassin's creed and it does get to that point yeah where 
eventually you are the fucking master assassin. You can get in there and fuck everybody up the way you want to. And you know how you're going to take people out when you come into it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one more here. Mike L says, uh, I also hear there's insta fail stealth missions. Yeah, but not really. Like, yes, but those are like story missions of like, we need to get in there and save this person because if they see you, they'll kill that person or whatever, or they'll know that we're here and they'll alert. Like, that's more of a story beat of like, I'm infiltrating this thing and I need to do a very specific thing. And if I don't, if I don't do it, then time is broken kind of thing of like, why would the Mongols sit there and do it? I, I think those are few and far between and they're also not hard. They're short. Like, yeah, and yeah they're not hard. Like, I always found, I never found that stuff annoying. It kind of felt somewhat necessary, but short enough to where I'm like, all right, cool. In and out. Final question. Blessing. Adioye Junior. For your Ghost of Tsushima uh, questions answered, remember, of course, spoiler cast coming up. Get in your questions for Nate Fox. I think it's a cumbersome one where I think we're going to, and I know that you won't like this. You're not going to like it. I think we're going to have to record it before you probably would have even played the game, which, of course, makes it hard for spoiler questions. But if you give me some that you think are more general, I can get them to you. Get them in there. Of course, Blessing and I, and I think I'm going to have Imran on that one too, have played the game and beaten the game. So we'll have the spoiler story questions covered for you. I, don't, I think we'll be okay. But if you can get in there, we're trying what we can. Uh, Brandon H. writes in. Or maybe it's just Brandon. I can, I can never tell. Brandon, t- you write in all the time. You're a very good, kind of funny best friend. Let me know how I should be saying this. Uh, Brandon says, how does it feel to be playing the final PS4 first-party exclusive of this generation? The swan yeah. song blessing. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. What wow. a generation it's been. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, Miles, it, Miles, Miles Morales is coming out later this year. It doesn't even make it feel like it's the last thing. But I guess, yeah, now that I think about it, technically it's the last one. PlayStation 5 game, right? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. what are you going to do? Like that? We're talking about PS4 getting sent off. You know what I mean? Being done. Done. Dunzo. Dunzo. I'm sure there's something we're forgetting. Some do you, do you feel anything from it? No, I mean, I think it's a great send-off. I think it's a, you know, I think, it, I mean, what a fucking generation for PlayStation and for PlayStation exclusives, right? For PlayStation Studios. And not to mention the fact that, and I know this isn't how you would have drawn it up if it wasn't for COVID and a million other things, but like to have Last of Us be last month and then follow up with a game, I think is this strong. Like, it's crazy. But then even to sit here and think about it, of like, that's not, I think that in, a, in and of itself would be like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty great if these are the stars of it. But then on top of that, you have, Uncharted 4, you have Lost Legacy, you have God of War, you have uh, fucking Spider-Man. You can make yeah, an argument. I mean, like, right. yeah, Rash. No, 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 2015 or 2016. We're putting that into the whatever. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely, you're putting it Rash in there. Rashman 2016 is fantastic. Yes, I'll say that up there. It's, it's with like, <sighs> again, another game that's better than Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, Rash absolutely. 2016. This is our leader here, Greg. This is our leader here, Greg. I'm going to need you to step down. I'm going to need you to step down. New blood. Blessing is taking over. Finally, it's time for the Rationing Clank Revolution. It's time for us to be honest. There is no Kevin here to protect you, Greg. It's only me. I've been been waiting for this moment. Thank God Barrett's here to help back me up. I've been waiting for this moment where I can can talk about Rationing Clank for the greatness it really is. One of the greatest PlayStation exclusives ever acquired, but one of the best PlayStation franchises. Are you kidding me? I love you. Are you no, yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You. That's a great. No, that's a great franchise. I'm not taking it. Even away from Ratchet you. Deadlock was off the chain. Nobody talks about it. But Ratchet Ratchet Deadlocked, great game. I want another. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a word from our sponsor. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by YouTube.com slash games. That's right. What? We're sponsoring ourselves. Uh, if you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel. And maybe you just listened to the podcast, which is great and all. Or maybe you just ran into us here on the YouTube channel. And you're like watching other stuff. You're like, I want to know more about this Ghost of Tsushima stuff. You showed up here. Hey, you know what would be great? 
toss us a follow on youtube.com slash kind of funny games subscribe it costs you nothing you already got a google account you got a gmail you got to do something right if you don't i'm sure the apple store does so go in there and log into all those things and subscribe there help us out will you you know what i mean we're huge as a podcast and then well, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're good as a YouTube channel, too. But, like, you look at the YouTube numbers, and it's like, oh, well, it's, but it's everybody's listening to the podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast, go over to the YouTube thing, hit the subscribe button, uh, put yourself there, watch, you know, go into a place and just play it. Just play the video over on their thing or whatever. This isn't a cry for help. Everything's good. We just we just want the vanity number. You know what I mean? It makes it easier when we're like, hey, come do stuff for the show. And they're like, well, let's look at your numbers. Like, oh, your numbers suck. And I'm like, no, they don't suck. It's the podcast. And then like, well, it's a whole rigmarole. Uh, basically, though, ladies and gentlemen, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Of course, it's Kind of Funny Games daily each and every weekday. It's got the Kind of Funny Games cast. It's got PS I Love You XOXO. It's got gameplay videos. It's got other things. First that maybe haven't been announced is when this gets published. It's got first uh, first impressions too. Me and Barrett talking about uh, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs right now over there. There's a lot of good stuff over there. Go give it a subscription. Not to mention, as I always come back to, remember, for some reason, we are famous for video games, but the Kind of Funny YouTube channel has more subscribers than the Kind of Funny Games YouTube channel, which means that Nick thinks he's won, and we can't let Nick Scarpino win, ladies and gentlemen. Please subscribe. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Late sponsor break. We had such great questions this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Great stuff. That was, that was fun. Blessing, I would have passed what you've been playing and never looked back. Because all I've been playing is Ghost of Tsushima. But I see you put something on here. Uh, uh, Blessing, what you been playing? Uh, so, Greg, as we've been playing Ghosts over the past couple of weeks, in a brief moment in time, I actually got into an entangle- entanglement, um, as the kids say, with a game called Superliminal. Is, is this a, well, I'm sorry, real quick, Greg Miller from kindoffunny.com. Is that right. a Will and Jada, uh, Jada <laughs> Smith reference right there? I was, I was wondering if you'd catch it, yeah. <laughs> All um, right, cool. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, no, I started using it after, I was on Urban Dictionary the other day, and it was like the top search word or whatever on Urban Dictionary. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll start using that one. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, no, I've been playing uh, Superliminal, uh, beat it over the course of the weekend. And for those, I guess you might not know, right? It's this first-person puzzle game where everything is kind of based on perspective. And so, like, I can pick up this bottle, for example, in first person, and then like raise it and then drop it, and all of a sudden it's gigantic because the way that perspective shifted with the way I was looking at it in the room that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, everything in the game kind of plays off of that. And uh, I should say this: this game came out on PS4 last week which is actually the reason i'm playing it because we've now shifted from doing the 104 psn games ranked to now being like our what 2020 games ranked or whatever yeah i said i was gonna make a new url and i didn't so it's still kind of funny.com slash 104 list and yeah the idea is now instead of since that was getting to kill us while we had reviews and stuff it's now the 2020 psn games where when we see a cool psn game we'll play it and then we'll rank it in the thing Yes. And so, like, I, I picked this game because, one, I've kind of been looking forward to this game for a while. It um, I think it came out on PC late last year and then was announced for PS4 for, like, April and didn't come out. And um, finally, it's here. And so, finally, I'm jumping into it. And I really like it. Like, it is, it is a mixture of a lot of my favorite games. And so, like, I'd say it's a combination of Portal and St- Stanley Parable and some Anti-Chamber, if, you, if you're familiar with Anti-Chamber, yep. um, with, with like some Inception thrown in there because the whole idea of it is you are, I guess your character is doing like this dream therapy sort of thing. And so they show up to uh, this institute for, for dream therapy and they, they put you to sleep and you are having these lucid dreams where you're solving these puzzles and doing all these different things. And the more and more you play the game, the deeper and deeper you get into the dreams, uh, inception style where it's like a dream within a dream within a dream kind of thing. Um, 
really cool, really quirky, uh, really clever in its puzzles. The thing I'll say is that yeah, I say it's a combination between Portal and Stanley Parable. I don't think it's I don't think it's as good as any of those. Okay, um, it is. It's very clever, but the thing that I take away from it is that in its voiceover, that is very Stanley Parable ish, and actually kind of Portal ish in the ways that it is trying to be. Um, smart and like it, it is trying to put you like at a, at a certain unease in terms of where you're at and what you're dealing with and like making you feel like you are being duped in a sense i don't i never felt like the writing was actually that clever like the writing never felt gotcha. as clever as the puzzles i was solving and so i like overall with the two hours that it took me to beat this game really liked it i'd recommend it if people like these types of first person puzzle games um and yeah like it's cool. Okay. That's really, that's really are we still ranking these things? How are we doing? Yeah, this? I think. Well, I mean, that's we have this ridiculous list right now of forty-three games. Yeah, we should still rank that in there. Right now, your top ten look like this: Telling Lies, John Wick Hex. That's number two. Number three, Streets of Rage four. Number four, Under Night in Birth. Number five, Hunt Down. Number six, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Number seven, Round Guard. Number eight, Darwin Project. Number nine, Hidden Through Time. And number ten, Kamiko. Oh man, this is an interesting one because I. Hmm. I really like this game. I'm going to actually put it pretty high at number five, right above Hunt. Wow. Hunt yeah, getting picked. Yeah. All right. Put it in there. Blessing at AOEA Jr. Another top five contender here. Super liminal. That's great. While you do that, I want to uh, write. Uh, we got a write in from Wit who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games about this segment. I want to submit a replacement segment for 104 PSN Games Ranked. Kind of Funny Spotlight. In Kind of Funny Spotlight, Greg and Blessing, or Greg Blessing or a Kind of Funny Best Friend can submit games released from the previous week and explain why people should check out this game. The game should be low profile, like they were with 104 PSN Games, such as John Wick Hex, Telling Lies, or Snakey Bus. While it's harder for the to rank games this way, I think it satisfies the ultimate goal of 104 PSN Games Ranked, which was to encourage people to check out quality, independent, and lesser-known games that may not have been on their radar. You can do one or two a week, depending on what you all play, and submissions are, are there are, and take it up less time than 104 rank. Uh, so basically he's saying we should, you know, when we go into rank these things, we put this, like, super liminal, right? That's a kind of funny spotlight. You just shine the kind of funny spotlight on a Blessing. Cool. I, I mean, <laughs> is this different from what we just did? No, I'm just saying that we put a, a title on it, and Wit thought it through. When I was like, man, 104 needs to have something, right? He's like, we can put spotlight on stuff, and I like that. Uh, he also submitted one, though. He says, I'd also like to submit the first game for the Kind of Funny Spotlight. CrossCode released last week on PlayStation 4, and the 2D Zelda-like action RPG is amazing. The combat and exploration are so satisfying. The game has incredibly beautiful sprites and pixel art. The puzzles were never too difficult to turn me away, and the story, which admittedly starts off slow, throws some exciting twists and turns and a stellar second half. As someone who wished he liked classic Zelda games more, I have loved my time I spent with CrossCode, and I urge at least Blessing and Barrett to check it out. Parentheses, Greg, I think it's worth a shot as a palate cleanser in the break before Avengers. You know me too well. Where are you, Cap? Let's go. Uh, the Platinum, which I haven't gotten yet, looks manageable, uh, as the trophy list consists of completing story chapters, obtaining natural character upgrades, and finishing boss battles. Overall, I recommend CrossCode as a kind of funny spotlight. Well, I'm really checking out the game. I really want to. I really want to play it. I've been seeing gameplay trailers of it. I've been hearing people talk about it. I think Jason Schreier really likes it. I know Andy's been wanting to check it out, and so well, if Andy I'm, likes I'm, it. I'm, yeah, you know what? You're right. Oof. You're right. Andy likes you know it. What I mean? 
he likes Warzone, and so I don't know. Oh, I love Warzone. Oh, I clicked Warzone. ahead, everybody. Look at me. I'm Andy. Oh, oh, oh. I'm yeah. very excited. Elgato sent me this new fan that it blows yeah. air in my face while I stream. How do you guys feel about my new cyberpunk chair? It's oh yellow. my gosh, guys. I'm Andy. Listen to the, this. The yellow chair. Listen to me. Bring, bring. That's him. You know what oh, I mean? Man, that was him. a tune you just played on your guitar, Andy. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for this week's PSN profile. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, giving me your PSN name. We look into your trophies and decide if you should live. No, you should live no matter what. Uh, Sean Childers wrote in. Sean Childers wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and just gave us a thing here. Uh, Kensuket? Is that how you pronounce that? You think, boss? Kensuket? Kensukete? Kensukete? Hoping to get a birthday. PSN profile shout out for my birthday is on July 15th. That's right. Whoa. The day this post is Sean's birthday. So we thought we would look at his trophies. And I was like, all right, it's a weird name. And you didn't really give much of a reason other than your birthday. So I was like, all right, slam dunk. But I get in here, 107 Platinums. That's nothing to shake a stick at right there. 8,928 trophies. Of course, we're on psnprofiles.com slash Kensute. Uh, you're working your way through control right now. You played the forest before that. Titanfall 2 is on there. But it's one of those things you start looking. It's like, where's your last platinum? Where's your last platinum? And then there it is. And then there it is, Blessing. Where is it? Scroll down. Last platinum. The Persona oh. 5. Oh, Persona 5. Platinum yes. it in wow. three years and one month. Wow. Not even Royal. That must be like... That's a tough I one, too, because Persona 5's trophy list is... Not a fun one. Royals is a good thing. trophy list. The base. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I'd feel if I platinum Persona Five in May 2020 because Persona Five Royal came out, and I think I'm gonna get the platinum. Like that's all. That's how easy the platinum is. Oh yeah. In Persona really? Five Royal. Oh yeah. yeah they I mean, made, they, they made a so wave. They did. They just made, a play yeah, it, I mean, essentially, if you play it, if, if you, you all doing all the different things, I'm not a I'm not a trophy hunter uh, guy, but I was able to yeah. get the platinum before, yeah, yeah. like like right when I beat the game. Like my last trophy earned was like the last story trophy. Holy shit! Man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's think, not I tough. You don't you don't have to beat you don't have to complete the compendium right for Persona no, Five Royal. No, no, no. the the toughest I, the toughest most to grindy trophy is defeating the Reaper, um, which essentially you just need to be at a high a high enough level to fight that thing in Mementos. And once you once you've done that, you've done the toughest trophy. Uh, the rest of it is just like doing side activities or making sure you unlock uh, uh, the third semester to get through the third semester stuff. And that's it. Yeah. And when I say it's an easy platinum, technically it does take over like 120 hours. Yeah, and I'm so- on PSN. The, PS- the Persona 5 Royal Trophy Guide on PSNProfiles.com has it here as a 2 out of 10 difficulty, one playthrough, 100 hours. Now, granted that, you know, that's like guesstimate estimates, all these different things, but. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. But if you're gonna beat Persona anyway, then you're probably gonna get the platinum for Persona Five Royal. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Um, before that, Final Fantasy VII remake is a platinum. Donut County, man after my own heart. Assassin's Creed Rogue. Uh, Barry, where'd you come down on Assassin's Creed Rogue? I never, I never actually did that one. Uh, <laughs> ah. it's it's the most one of the more interesting stories in the uh, franchise. The world like the size of the map and everything like it's just too much it, it, it reminds me of like my comparison between origins and odyssey where I, I felt like origins was a good size for what they were trying to build and then odyssey they tried to double that and then overblowed it 
that's like my same thought between Black Flag and Rogue, where I thought Black Flag was like a perfect size for what they were trying to build and uh, grinding out and all that stuff. And then Rogue was just like, ah, there's like way too much here. But the story is the story is dope. Okay. Are you are you big into Donut County, Craig? No. Well, I mean, I was big into it. It's a good platinum, and we had the dev whose uh, name escapes me on Kind of Funny Games Daily, and he was a cool dude. Like the game's fun. It's goofy. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like it's you know it's a, one of the weird indies. Well, you said you said made after my own heart, so I was like, oh, oh I, didn't I, have, the tr- I have, have that big. platinum. I have that platinum. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, hey Jen, we're looking at Sean's trophies because it's his birthday, and he's got the Hitman Go platinum. There you go. You made that happen. Good job, Jen. Uh, also, he's got Arkham City. He's got Batman: The Telltale Game. I saw Arkham Knight on here. He's got Batman: The Enemy Within. Going after Barrett's heart here too. Yeah. Barrett, he's also got all the Persona dancing trophies. Did you ever get those? Yeah. Uh. What was the double one that came out? It was Persona of uh, Dancing Dude, All Night, Dancing in Moonlight. Persona 4 Dancing All Night is a 15-hour platinum. Ugh. Persona 3 Dancing... Oh, man. I'm buying these games right now. Hold You're on. not going to platinum these? No, nah, there's gonna no way. They're fun, to play. I mean, they're fun to play for like a couple hours, and then you're like done with them. You know? I love Persona 4. I love Rhythm. Oh. I remember well, getting I, them on Vita. I was so stoked. I was like, here we go. And or whichever one came to Vita. And, and then I just played on a plane. I was like, all right, do I want to platinum this? I was like, yeah, not really. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go through. Well, I mean, that's just because I'm not, I don't have rhythm. I enjoy rhythm games, but I don't have rhythm. It's why I was always bass in rock band. It's the only thing I could play in hard. A PlayStation store. Let's see what this is all about. How much is Persona 4 dancing all night? I'm really excited about this. All right, look into it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your regular episode of PS I Love You XOXO. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash games. where we're about to do a post-show where Hot Dub Time Boat wants us to have a hypothetical with Herman Holst. Uh, if you get want to get that, like I said, patreon.com slash games. You should go there, of course. Uh, if you have the means, support us. Get your questions right on the show. Be a Patreon producer. Get the show ad-free. Get the post-show. Most importantly for next week, like I was telling you, if you are one of the people who wants your vote counted, you can watch us record the show live on Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. We will need you as tiebreakers in our completely original, no one else in this show has ever done it on a different Twitch channel, bracketed mm. challenge to come mm. up with who is the PlayStation 4's uh, best exclusive. Interesting. It is interesting. Mm. Sorry you had to rip us off, you know what I mean? Because clearly I was talking about this a long time ago before you started ranking all oh, your favorite bands and oh, pop cards. Oh, really? Because that was interesting. Okay. Okay. I started doing this like three <laughs> uh, four no, months no, ago. Did Persona 4 Dancing get taken off of PSN? Am I conf- I'm confused. I'm like uh, on the page. And there's like no buy button for this thing, Maybe, but it says released in 2018. I don't know. I, I again, I played both of them for a couple hours, and that was it. Remember, if you have no no bucks to toss your way, it's no big deal. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday. Sorry, this is a Wednesday, but like we said, we had that whole ghost of Tsushima thing to do. You understand embargoes and not wanting to flow the contract. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next time. It's been a pleasure to serve you.